Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, the second video episode. We are back. We are back. Episode one thirty-eight. Okay, one thirty-eight. I definitely lost yeah. count. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome. A lot of basketball to get into today. Trade deadline. Uh, Sweet sixteen. Uh, which one you want to start? Uh, all point. sports today, by the way. Not really anything for music. Yeah, all sports, short episode. We'll be back with double the music next week, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's start with March Madness. Okay. It's been, it's been a fun, uh, I mean, we talked about it last time, but it just keeps rolling. Yeah, man. Big games. Uh, but you're starting to see the teams that are really, really good kind of. <laughs> Separate themselves in a way. Uh, in some cases. Yeah. I mean, we we didn't talk about Monday, and it kind of threw off my timeline. Uh-huh. Uh, because we went last Sunday. Yeah. So did you see anything Monday that was like a big surprise? Which which were the games on Monday? Uh, Iowa lost. Not surprised. Uh, UCLA beat the the Abilene Christian. Not surprised. <laughs> Gonzaga beat Oklahoma. Not surprised. Creighton, no, not... Creighton in Ohio was a weird one. Yeah. But Ohio was kind of, they were overachieving in a way. No disrespect to them, but they were underdogs. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I was just mad Colorado lost because I thought they. we talked about they played great. In the first yeah. round, they looked really good. Yeah. Obviously, Maryland losing, that hurt. Another team yeah. played really well in the opening round. Yep. And I was kind of, I'm going to be honest, I was burned out, so I didn't watch, I only watched one full game Monday. Okay, which one? And it was the worst one. It was USC just, I mean, just Throttling babying Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> Yeah, the game was over in literally less than fifteen minutes. Yep. Oh my God, the both of the Mobleys dominated. They're they're great, man. They are tough. I mean, super tough. I had just gotten. I was just impressed by Kansas too, and then to turn to this. Yeah. I I didn't even have words. Right. It was just yeah. one of those, like one of those, like uh, where just one team is way better in every way, mm-hmm. and it was it was probably the worst blowout of the tournament, honestly. Yeah, for, especially given the you know how high of a seed Kansas is, that makes it even worse, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, we didn't talk about Texas Tech Arkansas, right? Did you watch that one? No, I missed that one. Arkansas Arkansas has had an easy road. That's all I'll say. Like it, Texas Tech wasn't easy. It was a good game, but this, you know, you start with Colgate, then, you know, close game Texas Tech, close game Oral Roberts, but it's Oral Roberts. And we know they could have won it. They could have won it, but it was they were still playing 2 on 5 most of the game. So, uh yeah, I would say the Oral Roberts in Florida, but we talked about that, right? Last time? Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, before the Oral Roberts game, uh, I forgot what game was on, but 
the second game I had watched, and they were in the post game show talking about like the Oral Roberts upcoming game. Yeah, and all the the Barkley, Kenny, all them were like, "Oh, you know, I don't Arkansas is going to take away uh, a A Smith and O'Banner." Yeah, <laughs> didn't no, happen. Not. <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen at all. Yeah. They were lucky to win. I mean, I thought Ace Smith, the way he's been playing, the shots he's been making. Yeah. Seeing that clip, I'm like, oh, man. Like, I knowing, you know, he's not going to make it. But I was like, man, this this could have easily dropped. Yeah. That hurt. Yeah. I mean, it was right on the money. It really was. He got such a good shot, too. Yeah. All speed, of course. Is he a, was he a senior? I have no clue. Yeah, not a know. not a Oral Roberts expert, unfortunately. Yeah, they had zero points off the bench. <laughs> like, what? Zero <laughs> that makes points. no sense. Yeah. How you put up seventy points and you got nothing from your bench? Zero. <laughs> That's insanity. Yeah. Um, no, but let's talk. Let's go a little bit in order. We kind of went out of order with that one. Okay. Oral Roberts was the third game. Okay. Let's go in reverse, because the two games prior I watched. Okay, where were they? Uh, Baylor-Villanova. Okay. This this was... I don't want to rush to the end of this game, because it was very close, very competitive. It was, yeah. And Villanova, every time I watch them, I always tell you, like, dude, the, like just how... How fundamentally sound their players develop. Yep. I mean, they the jump stops, the pump fakes, like, there's no, there's no, like, bad fundamentals on anybody that plays in Villanova. Not at all. Yeah. And it showed, it showed, it showed. But Baylor, for a while, you know, you, you had kind of hyped up Baylor a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really see it. I'm like, you know, they kind of messy. Clearly, they got a lot of talent, but no- <laughs> nothing crazy. Then, like ten man. minutes left in the game, they just said, "No, like we're not losing. We're way better." They they flipped the switch. I mean, bro, I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. But like, they started making shots uh, and just getting better shots, playing with more confidence. The defense picked up. Yeah. And Villanova was like, I think I told you they were uh, they were bending all game, mm-hmm. but eventually you bend long enough, you're gonna break, right? And eventually they uh, Baylor started getting drives, started getting driving Force, kicks, forcing a lot of turnovers. Yeah, I mean Villanova had 15 turnovers, and Baylor had five. Yeah, I mean you're not gonna, and, you're not gonna beat a number one seed turning the ball over like that. You're not going to be a bunch of athletes like that turning the ball over. I mean, because you know, it, it's a dunk on the other end. Exactly. And, um, yeah, man, they're, they're tough. They're deep. Deep as far as you don't – like there's two, time, there's two types of deep in college basketball to me. It's one where you have guys on the bench that could be starting because they're just as good as the starters. But then you have – the I don't lose anything kind of deep, right? Like maybe the guys on the bench should be bench players, but they come in and yeah. they can do most I things that the starters can do. I got you. 
And Baylor has that. Um, you do. You, they lose nothing when guys come out the game for them. It, it just next guy up. It looks like looks like the starters still, and they just keep playing the same way. <clears throat> and they're like they're so physical. Yeah, especially the guards. Yeah, I thought. Uh, obviously Donovan's <laughs> little brother. You know, if you've been watching the tournament, you, you don't got to hear me say anything. He's been great. Yeah, he is. <clears throat> but I really like uh, the guy who I thought messed up his ankle from the hustle play. Vital? Yeah, Vital, yep. Vital, yes. He's like a guard forward. Yeah, yeah he's like a thick, like, strong man kind of guard. Mm-hmm. He, he was having a big impact during that run. Yeah. Uh, yep. And just their physicality. From everybody I saw, I was I really liked. Yeah, me too. And they're all over the floor. They dive for everything. If you lose the ball, they're going right for it. Two guys are swarming you. And uh, Butler was another one. Yeah, he's the he like a vet. Yeah, man, that story where you know he really wanted to go to the league. The scouts told him they didn't see enough point guard <laughs> skills in him. They didn't see the shot. They didn't yeah. see him as a floor general. He comes back and he looks like the best point guard in the country. This is crazy. Uh, he he's tough, man. He got a work ethic, obviously, and they look good. And they shot pretty bad. Both teams shot bad, but that's that's what I think kept Villanova in the game for a while. Uh huh. And you know, some of it was their defense, but like Baylor's. They just didn't look like an explosive offensive team for a while. Right. And they didn't. Once once everything clicked. Yeah. It's, that was the quickest of all the games from this weekend. That was by far the quickest, like, oh, even game, even game, even game. It's over. <laughs> like, the, yeah. the just the sudden, like, it went from, you know, competitive close game to blowout. Yep. Easily the quickest uh, transition. Yeah. Yep. And, and Baylor, man, with their rebounding and the turnovers, obviously, they get so many shots off. So many shots. I mean, they took 60 shots, 59 shots in a college game. That's that's OD. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of shots. Yeah. That's like an NBA amount of shots. So, you know. That's why I think that's why Villanova broke. Yeah, it is. It's just you you can't 60 plays, you got to play great defense. Like, that's that's literally asking for an impossible. Right. And you know they didn't shoot well. It took them 59 shots to get 62 points. Right. So, both teams shot. Uh, Baylor was 3 for 19 from 3, and Villanova was 3 for 17. So, that's <laughs> both teams shot pretty bad. Like you said, Baylor shooting a little bit worse kept Villanova there. Yeah, yep. but Villanova, man, you know they were missing their uh, starting their, guard. Yeah, what's his mm-hmm. name? I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember either, to be honest. But again, there's there's another team who made a who's making a run without their best player that we'll talk about. Yeah, uh, but I was really impressed with Villanova. Yeah, yeah, they look good. Yeah, they look good, and they have they have. Jay Wright has a way of, no matter what team he has, they always look like a veteran team. Yes. No matter how young they are, they always come out like a veteran team to me. So, 
Alright. What's next? First game of the weekend. Which was? Loyola, Chicago, Oregon State. Yeah. I Didn't know shit about Oregon State, I'll tell you right now. I saw the Oregon State-Oklahoma State game. And unfortunately, I saw them work Tennessee. My alma mater. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, man, I, I'm gonna be honest. This game was... It had its moments where it was really boring. But then it had its moments where I'm like, okay, this is enjoyable. And then... Oregon State, man, they just... What is his name? Thompson. Thompson just, e- Ethan? Is that right? Ethan Thompson was just the best player on the floor the whole game to me. He looked great. He looked great. I don't. I gotta be honest. I liked. I liked Loyola Chicago's run. Yeah. And I was rooting for them because I'd heard of Thompson a, like a teeny bit, but nothing except like nothing to the point where I even knew that he played for Oregon State. To be honest. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I was rooting for Loyola Chicago, but. It's not even really a deep dive to this game for me. They could yeah, make shots. Right. And I thought Loyola Chicago got a ton of open, maybe not all wide open, but good looks. Mm-hmm. Five for 23 them. from three. 21%. Yeah. yeah, and again, it's different. Baylor, Villanova, they were struggling to get good shots all mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. But here, you're getting good shots. You're not making them. It's tough to win like that. It is. Absolutely. And Thompson being the best player was like a slight difference in the game, to be honest. Yeah, it was. Again, the the if the senior and I was trashing him during the game, Williamson. Yeah. He played awful. He did. If he plays, if he makes two more shots, we're talking about a different game. Yeah. And his shots were super like basic. Yep, wide open. Not though, like, yeah, just threes. catch a shoe, you're wide open, good ball movement, or like an offensive rebound, you're just missing them. Yeah, he had some practice, you know, yes. practice level yes. shots. Yeah. That's, that's a rough way to go out as a senior, man. <clears throat> yep. Yep, it is. That's really it for me. Like, I wanted, for a while, I was kind of, like, Oregon State had impressed me. Their guards were kind of better as ball handlers. Yeah. A big part of that being Thompson. Yeah. But again, the whole reason Oregon State pulled away is just missing shots, missing open shots. Yep. Basketball is that simple sometimes. Yep. Uh, I did not see Syracuse-Houston. I saw stat-wise, Buddy got strapped. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch all of that one either. I saw a little bit of it. And Houston is a, is a well-oiled machine, man. They are. They, they look very... I haven't very... seen them yet. They look very complete. They um, move the ball really well. They play really hard defense. They're they're just a real balanced team. And, you know, Syracuse isn't very balanced. That's kind of what the big separation was for me. And the way Houston plays, you know, that that 2-3 was nothing. They play that kind of game, move the ball game, that kind of broke through the 2-3 really well. Um. Quentin Grimes, okay. he's great. I mean, I was really concerned. I was like, man, no shot. Syracuse wins again. Yeah. Yeah, because... They were probably the worst... The 
honestly, like just looking at some of the games from this weekend, uh-huh. Syracuse, I could make a case is the worst team left, like coming into this weekend. I yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. Mm. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I I guess UCLA maybe. They're seated lower, but they're not. They're not worse. I don't think, at least. Okay. They're, um, you know, Pac-12 conference is, is a little different. So this seating changes. I don't think they played all their games either. So. Okay. And that's the big thing about seating, and I noticed this with the women's tournament too. The seating this year was all jacked up because of COVID. Like the seat, because. Some of these teams played all their games. Some of these teams missed six games. Some so of like, these teams missed like twenty days of like just anything. Right. So the percentage, their winning percentage, you know, the winning percentage is all different for everybody because no one, very few teams played yeah. the same amount of games. Yeah. So the seeding got really kind of jacked. They didn't get the teams, didn't play the teams that were like easy dubs normally. Right. Uh. So, yeah, they ha- they play like the mandatory um, conference games, and if your conference is good, and you only play the conference games, you probably caught some L's. Yeah, and with with the NCAA tournament, is so much about the matchups mm-hmm. that you just. I feel bad that like in hindsight, some people like the real college basketball experts will look at somebody's run and. De- like kind of downgrade it or dismiss it to some extent, mm-hmm. just because of the seeding. Yeah, like you meant like if Ar- Arkansas makes a you know a deep run, <laughs> have, playing Colgate in the first round is not is not going to improve their resume to anybody. Right. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, and then you play Oral Roberts your third game, so it's like it, on paper, obviously. Like we watch Oral Roberts, they work their way there, but on paper they're like, people. "Oh yeah, who? You guys made it to the Elite Eight? Who'd you beat in the Sweet Sixteen? Oral Roberts? Like, okay, mm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's one of those like you you think you're like you're trying to make conversation about like college basketball, yeah, and then they throw out Oral Roberts. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, so. All right, what else? Let's talk you about want... the, the two games from today. Watch right. both of them. Yep. Uh, I don't know which one I want to start. I guess we'll go in order. Gonzaga, Creighton? Gonzaga, Creighton. I liked Creighton, man. I liked I their team. I did, too. I did, too. Uh, I told you this. They play like an NBA team. Their, yeah. their pace is very NBA-esque. Mm, yeah, it is. Uh, everything they do is like designed to, to get quick attacks, mm-hmm. like quick opportunities. But and it worked. It worked like against them and for them at some points during the game. Because mm-hmm. this was weird to me. They didn't turn it over a lot. No, they didn't. Which is normally like the the, the key stat when you're playing messy. Right. And they didn't turn it over. But kind of late in the first half, I'm like, man, they're taking a lot of like, a lot of shots that these guys seem to think like they should be making, mm-hmm. but they just didn't look good. Right. What's the big dude with the goggles? 
<laughs> Mahogany, is that right? Something like that. Mahoney. Mahoney. <laughs> Bro, he came in there. He came in there, and made his first two shots. Yeah. And and dude, they he thought he was on fire. The rest exactly. Of the and they all they talked about the whole game is how he was in a shooting slump coming into the game. He he thought it was back. He thought it was, you know when it rains it pours. It wasn't. It, he made some, but yeah. he took a lot. Yep. And he really like I don't want to say he shot them out the game because he didn't take that many shots. Mm-hmm. Not like uh, the dude for Ohio State whose name like, escapes me right now. Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not like yeah. that but but it was just like like you still have you know 15 to 20 seconds but instead of making extra passes or trying to get a better shot you just go up mm-hmm. I just I thought that was bad and, and Gonzaga you know they're disciplined very disciplined they're very inside out yep Suggs is you know apparently his ceiling is high according to some people <laughs> Uh, but he played well, yeah. man. I like I like how he gives him like a creative handle that I haven't seen there often. Mm-hmm. Like they've had good college guards come through, but a lot of times it's guys that are like very fundamentally sound. Yeah, very, very basic dribbling the ball. Yep, uh, very so, safe in a lot yes, of ways. Yes, yeah. great word for it. Mm-hmm. But I thought Suggs uh, gives him a little bit of an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. That I don't see. Yeah. Yeah. But who impressed me the most, surprisingly, was uh, Z. Z. Zigarowski. Yeah, Zigarowski, yeah. I mean, he's had a good tournament. He's kind of been their leader. I will say, from every game I've seen in the tournament, he's the most NBA-ready point guard I've seen. Mm, Okay. And I've seen a lot of good guards. Thompson, obviously. I would even maybe Acemas is like a potential NBA guard, maybe. Yeah. But none of them have really looked like Suggs is another one. But none of them have looked like point guards to me. Mm, right. I Zigarowski was the first one who showed me like high level scoring talent while being a point guard. Yeah, he he definitely has a different kind of floor generalship than. Yes. The other guys you named for sure, and yeah. it's weird. It's weird because he, like, he dribbles with his head up and he makes the right plays and he sees a lot of like the the creative point guard vision plays. Mm-hmm. But a couple times in this game, he like he seemed to see it, and the pass was like a, a little bit late. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe that was just Gonzaga, you know, playing well or. But besides that, man, his scoring talent I thought is NBA ready. Because mm-hmm. he's a big off the dribble shooter. That's obviously huge. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Steph. So, yeah. But Gonzaga is just—they're just too tough inside. Creighton just yeah, couldn't handle it. Yeah, and Gonzaga has a has like the. Uh, I mean, they're top five probably in the tournament when it comes to inside outside yes. ability. Yes, for sure. I was gonna I was gonna say first, but. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but they're really, really good because their guys are really dangerous going to the basket. They're guards, and you got guys that are just knockdown shooters, man. I yeah. mean, yeah, they're tough, man. That's that's something. That, another thing I think they've been much better. They look a little bit more explosive from the perimeter. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a subtle difference. I don't think it's like a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But just watching them specifically today, they look a little more built for a shootout than they normally do. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. So I, I, I think that's a lot of times what kills them is they just they kind of have like a shooting slump and they can't play offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're poised to to keep going, to be honest. And they also have that uh, if we need a basket, we have guys that'll just go get a basket. Like, like Suggs, Suggs and Nimbard. Any, I mean, Kispert not off the dribble, but Suggs and Nimbard for sure can go create a shot, a good shot, yes, every time. And it, and I think before when um, who they had uh, Nigel Williams Goss, I think. Two years ago, they had... He was who, super safe with the handle. Super safe, yeah. I forgot who Olenek's point guard was. But, um... Mm. What was, uh... Stockton Jr. there? Right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think he was. And Pangos? Those yeah. Two? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pangos definitely was there. Nobody could get a basket. No... <laughs> <laughs> No, we need a basket. <laughs> no, just safe dribbling, it. like just just execute the offense. Yeah, hey, hey, the offense is not working. Hey, that's all we got. <laughs> yep. Then they had uh, uh, Pargo, uh, Pargo's brother, the the Pargo that played the NBA's brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gennaro's really, brother. Yeah, Jeremy. I think the other one was the one at Gonzaga. Yeah. All he could really do is dunk. Um, kind of a street ball player. I liked him, but they never had what they have now where Nimbard can ISO. Suggs can ISO and like, oh, we need a good shot. We can go get a good shot. And I don't know if every team in the tournament, even remaining, has that. I'm not sure if they do. I think everyone else is questionable, and they're 100% they got it. So, Yeah, I'll say <clears throat> if any team has a hope of beating them, you can't let Timmy back get like three back downs and get straight to the rim. Yeah, like he's sure. big. He's big, and you know a lot of teams probably can't guard him. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're gonna have an almost impossible time beating them if you're letting Timmy, you know, back down a couple times and drop step you like two, three times in a row on multiple occasions. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, they're all willing passers, too, because he's right. not a black hole at Always. all. That's that's Gonzaga one-on-one. Yeah, it is. It is. Sometimes to a fault. Yep. Yep. All right. Second game. Safe and we're recording, say, by the way, by we're recording during the Alabama, Art, Alabama game. So, for people, we're not going to talk about that game because we're watching it right now. So We can make predictions about the last one. Uh, I'm going with USC. Yeah, me too. I think they have the Mobley's hot take. Left. Yeah, I was gonna say hot take. They have. I think they have the best player in the tournament. So, uh, I, yeah, that's really all I have to say about them. It's that's not a hot take to me. Out. From the ten minutes of Kansas game that I saw, I was like, whoa. He is tough, man. Super tough. Okay, uh, Michigan beat the crap out of Florida State. 
Florida maybe State, this man. is maybe this is a hot take, but the most the most perfect performance of the tournament so far. Absolutely, not a hot take for me. Either. I, I mean, was I didn't see a flaw. No, me neither. Uh, honestly, every aspect of the game that you needed to take care of to win the game. Yep. Michigan got it. Yep. Discipline, uh, IQ, aggression, yep. rebounding. Moving the ball, anything I could defense, literally every basketball thing that comes to mind, they dominated. Yep, they dive for loose balls, they take charges, they make extra passes, they seal off their man when the guard is driving. That is huge, and people do not know how hard that is um, for guards and for big men to be able to seal, and they, yes. they make it look easy. They make everyone on the team. Um, they give everyone on the team an easier time trying to get a shot. They make it look easy. Like, man, how'd the hole open up so much? Oh, they play the replay. Oh, he had three guys sealing their men off perfectly or spreading the floor. Yeah, so, bro. And they were killing because they were running the offense so well. They were getting drives. Mm-hmm. And they were killing, like, the first help side. Yeah. Just, oh, for, you're going to be the one helping? I'm going straight to your guy. Yep. Wherever your guy is, I'm finding him. And that happens so many times for dunks, for threes. Yep. I mean, I don't even really want to shit on Florida State because they did play bad and they started off bad. Yeah. Which kind of put them in like a uphill climb that they never really made. Yeah. But I will say, there was a point, I, I told you they got soft at one point. Mm-hmm. There was a point when they were getting stops, but Michigan State was all over the offensive glass. Yeah. And it would be like two Michigan players versus three to four Florida State players, and they're like tapping it off the fucking glass, getting multiple chances. Yep. Can't I, It can't happen. No. Can't. And Michigan is not, you know, they don't got a Timmy. They don't have the Crudwig from Loyola, Chicago. Right. Or Mobley. Like, yep. they're big, but they're not like, oh, my God, they're too big. Right. You can't, you can't, especially a team that's considered athletic. Mm-hmm. You, you got to get rebounds better than that. Yeah, and, and that's all I saw was athleticism today, honestly. That's it. And they really, have really a, low IQ. They have plenty of athleticism, but yeah, the IQ is just not there. I mean, Scotty Barnes, they think is going to go top five. Uh, he's a he's a specimen, physical specimen, but he looks young. He just looks yeah. young. I forgot That's to cool. mention uh, Suggs. I'm seeing a lot of like NBA potential guys that I hope stay another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suggs is definitely one of them. I would definitely say for this guy, Scotty Barnes. He's he's probably a two another two years, yeah. Before I obviously he's an athlete, so if he averages like fifteen plus next year, he's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just to get his skills right, I would say two years. That's fair. I, I, I it's tough for me with Suggs because with uh, Gonzaga, I'm not sure if Suggs does anything else next year. You know, I think he could get better. I would like to see him, his, you know, scoring get a little bit better. But he's his role will not change. 
that's the only thing that kind of sucks about right. teams like Gonzaga. That's fair, yeah. There's really no room for him to be any different as a player. But, I mean, like you said, Barnes could go from whatever he's averaging. He could probably double it next year for Florida State, for Hamilton. That's the kind of game they play. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought, like, they – it looked bad in the second half. They mm-hmm. tried a lot of, like, random shit to try to throw Michigan off. And it's yeah. just like it, it'll work for like a play or two, yeah. And then Michigan like runs like a perfect play and it's layup, dunk, wide open shot. Yep. And then they just they <clears throat> Michigan was just more sometimes. disciplined. Yeah, they try to like press and mm-hmm. speed them up. Never worked. Yep. Uh, and Michigan did a really good job. Like they they would break the press through their big man, mm-hmm. even though he really wouldn't dribble. He would just be like an outlet to just get the ball in. Right. Uh, but I just, Michigan did everything better. Yeah. Yeah, Michigan, man. Shout out to Juwan Howard. He's killing it. They look great. They, they look so disciplined. Like, I don't know what he does to them in practice. Like, <laughs> it's, they look like they like doing everything right. That's the other thing. Like, there's sometimes teams like Florida State where they'll execute the play but it looks uncomfortable. And with Michigan, their execution just looks looked like it was so natural for everybody. The extra pass looked natural. Like they were just so ready to hit the open guy. Yeah, just to compare it to the game before, both Creighton and Gonzaga have plays where I'm like, you could you could have like he was open, you could have hit that guy, you know what I mean? Mhm. Michigan and I didn't stop watching until about like three minutes left. Never missed an opportunity for that. Yep. Every time, like that, you need that one extra pass from an open shot to a wide open shot. Yep. They made it. Yeah. I felt bad. Like, again, I felt bad for Florida State. I'm like, look, you're not playing well, but Michigan is like flawless. Mm hmm. So I really don't know how Florida State could have won this game. They could have kept it closer a lot of ways, but. Yeah. I it was just not meant to be for them today. Yeah, that's how it goes. Michigan moves on. So we still have three out of the four number one seeds. Yes. So a huge news, uh Tanner Morgan from Eastern Washington. The one that lit up Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Maze, not Morgan. Maze Maze or Morgan? Yeah, Maze, Maze. I think it's Maze, yeah. Uh, is a transfer. He's transferring? Yeah, he's entering the transfer portal. Officially announced today. Hmm. I wonder... Okay. I'm curious if he goes to, like... Uh, like I, I could see him thriving at Villanova. Yeah. And after... But, you know, the small... These guys who take over in the small schools, they should look to transfer because their stock is up. Way you're up. Right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. But I think that's it for college basketball. Okay. Uh, yeah. We got a lot of Woj news to talk about. Um, the trade deadline go... was quite eventful. Very eventful. Do you want to go... Uh, at, like, what order do you want to go? Prioritize biggest impact or what? Hmm... Let's go. <clears throat> Let's talk about all the moves we like. 
Okay. And then all the moves we don't like. <laughs> okay. We may not have the same, but okay. I'm down with that. Okay. I'm curious where we differ. We'll right. definitely deep dive the stuff we differ on. Right. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking I got to start with Boston. I, I just, I, Boston was by far the team I wanted to talk about the most. It's, I would probably say we talk about Boston more than any other team. And the, just and lately. I wanna, no, I, th- I think all the time. Well, I mean, like this, as far as this season and this season, season, you might be right. Yeah. Even in the last season, the turn, the um, I think playoffs, we, we did deep dive them a lot in the playoffs. And it's because they're so. It's because me and you, we both feel like they're close. Yes. And they're competitive, and they're fun to watch in a lot of ways. So it, we don't talk about them because we're necessarily fans. We talk about them because we, you and I, and this is what I'm just I'm talking to the listeners now, not just you, but we're fans of competition right like we don't just want (laughs) we don't want a sweep every playoffs every uh series so when we see i like getting surprised yeah when we team like when we see a team like boston we support because we think they can be competitive that's all and we get upset when they're not competitive and it's not because we're fans it's because we like competition yeah i don't i can care less after the um, championship, I don't think about Boston. But while they're playing for it, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Because I, I don't think the Lakers and a lot of other teams would have been competitive. I thought the Boston uh, Lakers series would be. That's all. I, think, I just want to say that disclaimer real quick. That's fair. I, I mean, my thing is just <clears throat> I just think they've been the closest – for the longest amount of time. Yeah. Like, I mean, how many conference finals appearances are we talking about now? Like three, four? Uh, three, o- I think. Over the last, what, four or five years? Since Kyrie got there. So, yeah. I mean. Oh, but, well, Isaiah, did he take them to the conference finals? No. The Raptors. Raptors made it, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. Basically, since Kyrie has gotten there, conference finals every year. All right, so let's talk about their roster adjustment. Okay. Picked up Fournier. From We've been talking about it for Orlando. two years. They needed more wings. They got it. A very good scoring wing. Um, a nice combo wing, too. I mean, Fournier isn't, isn't a bad... Um, play initiator he's and he you know has pretty good size that you're not he's not gonna always get exposed if he's at the three for some reason he which he really doesn't have to be on boston but you know he's a good combo guard i would say i i really i think he's the perfect fit for them absolutely like he just he gives them like it's very similar to what I thought Gordon Hayward could do for them and never really did to his full potential. And what's that? Which is like similar to what you said. He can, He's like a good combo guard. Mm-hmm. And now they have a guy where it's another guy who I'm comfortable leading me in scoring. Mm-hmm. But he's not the star player. 
Right. He's not. We're not going to play through him all night. Right. But we'll feed him the ball if he's hitting and if he's making plays. Mm-hmm. And that's. I think Fournier is perfect for that. <laughs> you know who? <laughs> this is just a, a random name to throw out. You remember Omri Caspi? Yeah. <laughs> remember he had those like three fire years in Sacramento? Or maybe two. Yeah, I'm pretty two. sure it was two, but okay. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I'm not comparing Stop. Fournier to him, but I'm saying Caspi, where Caspi would randomly all of a sudden have like 28 one night, but he could have 11 and the team would still be doing fine. And that's because they had a good team. I don't, <laughs> no, I'm not... There's a lot of other players I could throw out. <laughs> I just wouldn't have mentioned Caspi as an appreciation. Hey, but, shout out to Omri Caspi, man. I liked him as a bench player. That's all That's all I'm saying. His shout fucking, out to Omri. Yo, his rainbows used to make me so mad. His arc was always so crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But, yeah, man, Fournier is that – he's that random big game guy. And it's, and it's fine. It it will be just fine. They don't lose anything because he doesn't take bad shots. Exactly. Very efficient uh, bench score. And Fournier, I don't have to worry about him like fitting with Tatum and Brown. No. Because you, you see, Fournier is perfectly comfortable not being involved at all when other guys are going off. Yeah, he's he can be passive, or exactly. if you need him, he'll take over. He's just like a he's a meaningful threat. Yep. We always talk about Boston's depth gets, like, cut at, like, five to seven. Yeah. And this is just another guy who, if you don't guard him, he's he's getting 30. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I, honestly, to me, I was hoping they'd be done when they made that move. But they were not. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy, man. Again, I think Fournier is a perfect fit. Yeah. I was ready to come on here after seeing that. Like, yes, Boston. Yes. This is <laughs> that's this is what I wanted. Like, you're good. Danny Ainge is so dumb, man. I'm sorry. Okay, so right right after that, they made the more important trade, which was trading Daniel Tice to the Bulls for Mo Wagner. Shout out to Michigan. Shout out to uh, his brother, I think, is playing right now. Or, like, yep. just played. Played yep. well, too. Yep. Um, this is tough for know. me, man. My, go, I ahead. Don't know, go ahead. I don't know if this was because they were going to try to get Drummond, because they did meet with Drummond. And Big L there, they... I don't think Aldridge was ever an option for Boston. I didn't want him there anyway. And Aldridge, man. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But um, they got nothing other than Mo Wagner. I don't know if, like, they're committing to Tristan Thompson as a starting center. I hope not. Uh, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I was just sure they would add depth to their bigs and not you know unless i mean they still barely play taco fall um grant williams is still getting exposed night in night out 
you know. I don't know, man. I don't know why they did this. All right. Shout out to the Bulls, though. We'll talk about the Bulls for sure. But uh, so my again, my initial reaction when Tice was let was traded for for Wagner, Wagner was like yeah. Boston. You just you you screwed it all up. Yeah. You 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 pretty much maximized your wing potential. And you threw away your front court. Threw it in the trash. Because Tice, like, Tice looks like he's not good, but he is huge for them. Absolutely. He is huge. His, like, his discipline being a help big man. Yeah. He is a huge reason why they they could strap and make it look so easy. He stretches the floor. He goes for every block. That, High IQ. And that, that's the other thing. I can't stress enough to NBA teams, for NBA teams, having someone who goes for every block. They can. They don't have to block every shot. They don't. I mean, I'm cool with the you fouling out sometimes, but go for the block. Yes. You can't just. I mean, Hassan Whiteside either blocks everything or blocks absolutely nothing. And when he blocks absolutely nothing, he looks like he doesn't deserve to be in the league. That's the same thing with Dwight. Dwight was the best defensive big man, you know, arguably ever at one point to some people's eyes because he was so young and he was blocking everything. And then he just decided to stop blocking shots for a couple of years. And you saw what happened. He Cause, was Because he was league. like spending countless hours with Hakeem. So he's like, yo, y'all got to see this, all these moves I'm working on. And now like, he I just no, want you to block. And now he does no moves. They're all gone. <laughs> right. And, and then, you know, you wonder why these championship teams have had these duds at, of centers on paper. But Birdman was on the team for a reason. Joel he Anthony. Go- bro, Joel Anthony wouldn't block everything, but he tried to take every charge possible. He was in. He was in the way yes. every time someone came to the basket. Birdman was going for everything. Are you dunking it? I'm going for it, bro. They got Chris Bosh doing that by like towards the end of their run. Yeah, Haslam yeah. was trying to do it the whole. Battier, obviously. Yes, but you and, even and you look at the Warriors, Looney, uh, Pachulia. Pachulia. Pachulia was on the team. Just to go for every single thing that came in the paint. JaVale McGee, the first year. Azili. Went for everything. Azili goes for everything. And that's that's a championship thing. Yes. Uh, 100%. And that was Dwight's role last year. That's why he has a ring. Yep. That's why JaVale McGee has another ring. Um. I mean, and we see why Bam is as good as he is. He. He's blocking dunks. Every, he blocks a dunk like every game. Jared Allen, so valuable. Everybody wanted Jared Allen when the Nets were talking about trading him. Because he, you, that's not a common thing. It's a rarity to find someone like that who will go for every block. Yep. And you just threw one away. Thompson doesn't go for anything. Thompson, dude, Thompson's like not even of the rebounding machine he used to be. I don't know what happened. He just—he looks like easier to box out. Like he used to be one of those, one of those small bigs who just always buy the ball. He thinks he's Jared Sullinger now. 
he, dude, he tries to like Slow make moves thick. from up top, like do all these extra spins. These jab steps, I yeah. hate when centers jab step. Like, dude, you're we're the same speed. You don't have that big of a quickness advantage. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. then I watched them. Okay, again, my first reaction was like, "Yo, you just you screwed up your whole front court." Mm-hmm. Then I watched Friday's game, mm-hmm. and I remembered a person that we just forgot. As a matter of fact, Robert Williams, great shot blocker. He goes for everything most of the time. And this, and this is what, again, obviously one game. I can't be fully confident because it could have could have been a fluke you know whatever mm-hmm. and milwaukee milwaukee's milwaukee i'll just say that yeah <clears throat> but they clearly they've committed to robert williams as their starting center rookie contract right still i, th- I believe so uh he gives them space to get something in the summer if they wanted to yes uh and i didn't forget about him because I figured, I figured they were committing to him, but we haven't seen the commitment this like on the court much. And you know, like you said, it's one game so far. And but, again, this it looked good because he did a good job not fouling. You know, yeah. Tice couldn't even do that, so I don't know if that's something they could continue. Right. What about Tice's floor spacing? Do you think that was important? It, it, I mean, it was, but Williams gives them more of like a lob inside yeah. dunk layup presence. Which is what the league is going towards. Right. Yeah. And like that Capella type of role. Yep. Capella, uh, DeAndre. Yes. And I, I just think Williams in the starting lineup uh, actually fits a lot better for them. You think so? Yes, because they come out and, you know, they come out and we know they're going to, the first thought is either Kemba's getting off, Tatum's getting off, or Brown's getting off. Right. Or well, two or three. You know, now maybe Fournier will jump in there a couple nights. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart, Smart like, like forces his way in there a lot of nights. Yeah. Uh, he did on Friday as well, by the way. But, <laughs> yeah. dude, Robert Williams... <laughs> Uh, he's got a lot of energy. Oh, yeah. And I think he gets up and down a lot better than Tice does. Okay. And he I'm not just, mad at that. Again, he's he's got more of a, more potential athletically. Mm-hmm. And he gives them like an inside presence. A lot of times they'll have... You remember watching them against Miami? They're playing yeah. the zone... And everybody's open to shoot, so they shoot. Mm-hmm. So somebody, somebody needs to like only take layups when that's going on, especially when you're not making those shots. Mm-hmm. And I you just think, think Tice got to the Ibaka syndrome, where he found out he can kind of shoot a little bit, so he just started jacking. No, I think it was always Tice's game again, for better or worse. Uh huh. But like, I, I don't want. I don't want my starting center to take mostly jumpers. Mm, right. And there was a lot of game, especially with the now. Now your wing talent is complete. You're good. Mm-hmm. So now again, I need a center who's doing all the blocking, flying for everything. Only problem is, as you mentioned, 
Taco Fall or Mo Wagner. Uh, Tristan Thompson, I've given up on because he just looks bad. He looks fat. He looks lazy. Like I said, Jared Sullinger. And, and, and like, for him to look lazy to me is like a get him out of the league offense. Because that's the opposite of his game. Exactly. His whole right. game is energy. So you play yeah. lazy, you're literally useless. Because he used to be a lob guy too. And that, I haven't right. seen him catch a lob more than like one in a game since he left right. the Cavs. And now Taco Fall defensively is not ready. Mm-hmm. And Mo Wagner defensively is not ready. Mo, Mo Wagner's not ready on either end to me. <laughs> That's fair. I, I mean, he can score points, but if yeah, you don't guard him. He can score points, but he's not going to get enough shots for it for him no, to. For sure. Yeah. I, again, I know Robert Williams is going to get in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. That's that's where my question is. What happens when that happens? See, and this that was my issue too. Most of these other teams are too deep with the guys we're talking about. You know, um, obviously, uh, Claxton has become basically what Robert Williams does on the Nets. They're too deep, and now they got Aldridge and Blake. So their front court is like four deep. Um, I'll say three and a half deep. I'll give Aldridge a half. Uh, Lakers are obviously four deep. Um, it, you know, the level of talent they're going to play, they're going to need more than just more than just one solid big. But, like, that's the thing. Even with Tice, they were lacking in that department. But they had, but Robert Williams was the, was the backup for Tice. And they still had Thompson. Yes. Three is better than one. And, I mean, in Thompson, the way they were playing Thompson, the little short spurts, he was coming in and not, you know, being bad. Like, But it, I don't know if I want him playing two quarters worth of time. I don't know, know, man. Again, this is one game example, so I don't know. But I really liked how they came out with Robert Williams as a starter. Well, we'll see. I mean, and, I, and I'm hoping again, the the backup bigs are my concern, but that's a better problem than Grant Williams starting. is the sixth fucking man. Yeah, that I'm really glad that's over. They do they gotta give up on him as like this this defender? Like, please, Marcus what? Smart is there? Like, Marcus Smart is showing you what vicious defense looks like. Yeah. Grant Williams is not on. He's not soaking in the knowledge. No, he's not. <laughs> he's just thick. Like, yeah, not athletic. Doesn't do anything on offense. He like pretends to have IQ, but every time he has to make a quick decision, he looks bad. Yeah, I he does to pretend to have IQ. <laughs> Yeah, he does. I just, I hate to roast him, but, like, the more I watch him, the more I hate seeing him out there. Yeah. For so it, many minutes. That's the thing. I was going to say, he, I don't I don't hate him being on the court at all. Like, I'm not hating like that, but he just plays way too long. That's it. His minutes is way too high. He needs 10, 10 minutes sliced out of his, you know, out of the rotation for him. That's it. Just... 
Friday, man, their their rotation looked cleaner, and Fournier didn't even play. Do you want to talk about the two big men that are available? I mean, does Drummond count, or are you thinking of somebody else? Uh, Cousins and Gorgie Jang is getting bought oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, my, my faith in Boston, like, picking up what they need off the couch <laughs> is non-existent. I can't believe Gerald Green is still at home. I just, I really can't, dude. Like, he he played so well the last two years. Like, I thought he proved that he was, I won't say back, but, you know, NBA caliber. And he's just home sleep. <laughs> like, I keep, every time I watched him in Houston, you know, because before a lot of his problems were he can't guard a soul. Right. But, like, in Houston, he made effort to play defense. He did. He did. he wasn't he did. getting picked. You know, obviously the stars can still pick on him whenever they want. Right. But he wasn't getting picked on by like role players and like the, you know, the the catch and shoot guys. Right. Right. I, I really right. don't get it. And Boston is a perfect team for him because he wouldn't have to play anyone he couldn't guard. Like Grant Williams comes in and he has to be on somebody that he can't check, but. You have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They they can guard someone that they would be guarding who Gerald Green couldn't check at his position. Right, you know I'm saying. So, but you know, but, <laughs> but I I I think that them losing out on Drummond, the fact that they tried to get Drummond tells me that they still wanted another center. Yes. So. I, I, I'll for now I'll say they improved slightly because Fournier's scoring is such a huge boost. I think. Yeah. But if if they get a center, they're good. Yep. That's it. Yep, I agree. They're uh, set. Now it's just got to perform. Got to you know Brad Stevens. You got to make it work. Yeah. But to me, this is like this is an. They can overcome this problem at least through the Eastern Conference. Okay. They're not beating the Lakers with Davis and Drummond. Right. I think Philly will give them a really hard time with Embiid, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides that, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't think Bam... The way Bam plays, he's not going to dominate in such a way where like you can't overcome that. Yeah, he doesn't play one on one enough for right. But he did. It to he be a did problem. attack Tice quite a bit last year. Tice brought that on himself, though. You remember that, that one third quarter where Bam just started like isoing on top of the key on him all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was... I think it was because Tice would foul every time. Yeah, he was just just hack boxing. <laughs> Tyson foul when like he'd force a bad shot and still foul. Like, the yep. worst kind of foul there is to me. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I just... I don't know if there's, their wing scoring can overcome their inability to protect the basket. Only if yeah. Robert Williams could be a 35-minute guy. And you're I saying, don't know if he could be that. You're saying specifically on the Lakers? Or just in general? Just, just in general. Yeah, okay. Because, again, like I, I said, Bam is not a dominating scoring guy, but he dominated them for stretches all because of their inability to stop him. Who's guarding Julius Randle if they make it to the, you know, if they play against each other? 
Who's guarding Jalen Brown? No, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm only talking about for the bigs. Is it big Garden Randall or is uh, Jalen Brown? I'll let, I'll let Tristan Thompson get worked for for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to start. I, I'm assuming they might even start Fournier, to be honest. And move Smart back to the bench? I don't think Smart's going back to the bench. I don't know. They can't start Kemba and Marcus, can they? Even though they did it. They that's did what they've been doing. I'm, I'm, that's well, what I'm saying. I don't think Smart's going back. It's got yeah. to be Kemba and Smart. I might Kemba going to the bench might be kind of wild. <laughs> they can't move Kemba to the bench. <laughs> I know. I, you're right. That would be crazy. <laughs> you're right. But he, he's honestly, man, if you know, of all the star guards, I think Kemba, you could do it with Kemba. I don't know. It just sounds blasphemous, I guess. That's fair, but he's always he's been hurt. His entire Boston tenure, he's practically been hurt. Yeah. So he's missing all these he's missing all this time. I think moving him to the bench, you you shrink his minutes. He gets to play against backups, so he gets to eat. Well, the, the that's the thing. I think Kimba starting gives them like more freedom to decide what their adjustment is. Because Kimba is not a good adjustment. Like, I don't see in the game they're getting beat and like, yo, we need to put Kimba in the game. And, like, that helps necessarily. Like, if you're already getting beat. That's fair. Put, yeah. You're right. Like, I, I think Kimba is like, okay, we're getting beat. We can pinpoint why. Oh, Kimba's too small. So let's put Fournier in and, you know, go at Marcus or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know if that's for every team. I just think for Boston specifically. They let T go too, by the way. We didn't say that. Yeah. So. Again, I think Fournier makes up for a lot of the little things they lost. Mm-hmm. Like the the dude, uh, Javante Green, am I, is that right? Yeah. Just Same him reason. not playing on Friday was a plus. I'm not, I'm not joking. Did Aaron Neesmith play? Uh, no, not that I noticed. That's a plus too, man. <laughs> Ojale not being out there. <laughs> I like Ojale. <laughs> Ojale was starting to like, he was starting to like, kind of look like he fit a little bit. Yeah. So he, maybe I spoke too soon on Ojale, but it, he has nights where he looks like he's a good fit. He does have. Some nights. He has moments. I'm not giving him nights. I've never (laughs) seen 48 minutes of him looking like a good fan. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Oh, I've seen him play, you know, all his 12 minutes of the game and him play a good 12 minutes. And that's it. He He always has a bad, he always has like a one bad play. (laughs) Like one (laughs) really bad. One like poster that he doesn't go up strong or like yeah. a just like a dribble that he shouldn't even have taken, that kind of thing. Or sometimes he tries to set a charge and like gets dunked on, laid <laughs> out into yeah. block and foul. All right, but He's let's talk about let's dunk. talk about the other teams because we got stuck on Boston, of course. Okay, Houston Oladipo to Miami. What do you think? Quick reaction, rapid fire. Uh, I think Miami is a great. It's a great fit for Miami because they don't need him to be great. Mm-hmm. They really just need him to like 
honestly, he all he's got to do is kind of be what Tyler Harrow is for them. Mm-hmm. Where this yeah. like randomly dynamic playmaker score. Yeah. That's really it. Ball handling score, yeah. Yeah, and I would have preferred them getting somebody who could sneak in at point guard. Oladipo can't really do that. He'll try. <laughs> and and but I, I agree. I just I haven't seen much of Oladipo and what I saw in Houston. I think I only saw him once or twice in Houston and didn't really see much. Yeah. Uh, so I, he's just been out for such a while. I I'm really don't know. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how we were saying about Blake. But like you Miami, Miami doesn't play that like just lazy shit. If he's if he's out there just toxic or not playing up to their standards, mm-hmm. they're sitting his ass. I. That's the that's the tough part. I don't know if he's gonna keep the two way energy that the rest of the Miami players have, which is you know we're gonna be energy on defense and transfer that to the offensive end. Like I feel like their energy usually does start on the defensive end, and Oladipo is like the opposite. Like Oladipo is hot, and all of a sudden he's strapping. Because he's hot on offense, like he is going to start killing you now. So I don't know if he does that, plays into their energy way for the whole night. But this That's is the only thing. I, I just think it's it's Oladipo's last chance to show that like the dysfunction hasn't centered around him. Yeah, it is. There's a number of you know Indiana was rough when him getting out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Levert, by the way. He's back, balling. Yep. Uh, but he got to Houston, and as soon as they like, they started losing. As soon as he got there, <laughs> yeah. And he made no like. There was no frust. Like Wall, we could see was constantly frustrated. Yeah. Oladipo was just there. Yep. So I, I just I'm curious where his head's at. If if he could. If he could feast off of like Jimmy Butler's leadership, mm-hmm. if if you can't feast off, if you can't respond to Jimmy Butler's leadership, I, I question your character at that point. Yeah. So this is his last chance to me. Like, really, Miami's a perfect situation where you don't have to do too much. Right. They'll kind of they'll fit around the ways you contribute, so that's all you got to do. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I I expect Avery Brett Avery Bradley to be released by Houston. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Sure. Maybe not. Maybe not right away, but eventually. Bradley, I don't know what what the hell is wrong with Bradley. Like he. <clears throat> Go back to Boston. That that'd be a good pickup, but Bradley, why why does he like normal normal players, especially guards, like they'll be mm-hmm. hot for a couple games, cold for a couple games. Mm-hmm. They'll have like a hot night followed by cold games, maybe the opposite. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, Bradley like has a good year or a good two years, and then he's like trash. For a year or two, yeah, that's been his career. Just exactly, about. and I, something about I don't know if it's something about the way he shoots, 
But, like, he just has years where he looks like he can't shoot at all. Yeah. And then, like, you watch... You remember him before the the season got shut down by COVID? He For, torched um, the Clippers, like, the weekend before it got shut down. What team was he on? The Lakers. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Prior to the season getting shut down, he was... He was hitting he looked like, like a perfect fit for them. Exactly. He was making so many threes and getting so many good ones. Yeah. But then, like, he goes to Detroit, and it's not even that you're, like, Detroit's not good. You're not making shots. Mm-hmm. Like, Langston Galloway isn't that good, but he found a way to make shots in Detroit. Yeah. So you shouldn't be just, you're switching teams now. Your jump shot's broke. That makes no sense to me. Right. So as yeah. far as like what Houston does with him, I don't even think it's a good pickup for Boston, to be honest. If they picked up Bradley? Yeah, I mean, he's I, I know he's going to defend, but I just the way he defends at his size is not doesn't have the same impact it used to. Right. Cuz he's not like a go like Marcus Smart is with with that. The last time he was, he was with Marcus Smart, right? Yeah. Dude, Boston, I think Boston has had, like, my favorite collection of players over the last six years. Like, if I put all their players that have ever been on their roster for the last six years, Boston might be my favorite out of all of them. Because, I mean, and they just go, they lose guys so easily. When I say lose, I mean they get traded or waived or don't pick them back up, whatever. But to to think they had Crowder, Bradley, you know Terry Rozier who's eating again, um, uh, Morris, Marcus Morris, yeah, Kyrie obviously. It's crazy, man. It is Isaiah. You might be right. They might. I'm trying to think of like a, a organization whose roster I like better over the last six years. Yeah, Horford. Maybe Miami, but probably not. Miami hasn't changed that much. Yeah, Boston oh, has changed a, a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, All right. Yeah, I don't think Bradley's a meaningful pickup for anybody at this point. <sighs> Yeah, I don't think he helps any contenders. That's for sure. Um, Rondo to the Clippers, Lou to Atlanta. Where do you want to start with that? Which one do you like better? Oh, Lou to Clipper or to the Hawks. Me too. So let's start there. <clears throat> I I just with Lou Williams, he's such a luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, you could bring in Lou Williams. And now I I don't really have to ask about how your bench impacts the game. Right. Because Lou Williams will take care of it. Yep. Uh, and that, <clears throat> I think him being kind of re-motivated by this whole, the Clippers getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, he's a Clipper goat, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but I just think him being re-motivated, him being with like a young up-and-coming group of guys... Mm-hmm. And his kind of, like, his approach to the game, I think, is going to rub off in a good way on everybody there. I think so, too. Because uh, he's such a worker, but it's so casual, it's so simple. 
Yeah, uh, I just think he's 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 gonna have so much more impact to me than Rondo like ever really could. Rondo was averaging three point nine points a game for <laughs> for Atlanta. I just don't roast his PPG like that. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm just saying when you say that sounds about right. To impact. be honest, you know. Nah, I looked it up because my friend was asking me like, "Yo, you think he?" My friend is from. He was born in Atlanta. He's a big Hawks fan. He's like, "Yo, you think that was a good trade?" I kind of liked what Rondo was doing for us, leadership wise. I'm like, "Bro, lose averaging more than three point nine points a game, so it really doesn't matter." And the, the thing is, Rondo was coming in. You know, with, Trey was second in assists last year in the league. Having losing Rondo does nothing. Nothing. You still have the best passer, you know, arguably the best passer in the league. Uh, you know, only LeBron was ahead of him, but look what LeBron had on his roster. Rondo, so. dude, Rondo, he fools us. Like, every time he turns into playoff Rondo, he fools us. But Rondo doesn't want to play in the regular season at all. But my thing is, like, Rondo, like, he playing well makes it seem like he fits the team better than he actually does. You mean in the playoffs? Yeah, because like yeah. his his dominance is so individual to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's him being outsmarting everybody on the court. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And and yeah. to me I I just don't think the Hawks needed that. Right. And admittedly I was wrong. I thought he would he would kind of Mentor a lot of those guys, but that didn't really happen. Which he didn't in hindsight, play. in hindsight, he's never really been a good mentor. He's never had to be, which is the other thing. Like he's never been in the position where him mentoring would have helped anybody, even if he did. Because a lot of times he was the guy. Like I, I mean, now uh, who? Who was the backup for him in Dallas or Chicago? Like there was no, no Chicago. I have no clue. That's what I'm saying. It's like nobody for him to really mentor. So he's never, um, I, I won't say he's never chose to be, but he's never been in the position where his mentoring was like possibly could have helped the team further on. And now he is that old guy, but I mean, Rondo, I'm not going to say he fakes injuries, but Rondo has all these mysterious injuries all season until the playoffs. Every year now since he left Dallas. And we know he has this weird thing with coaches. He is really picky with the coaches. Um, So I I don't know. I, I think Lou coming to Atlanta... Immediately gives them more size at the guard. He it gives them another scorer at the guard. So he, I think they don't have to switch the plays all the way up when Trey comes out the game. Yeah, because like obviously Trey is the number one option for a lot of their plays. Lou could be the number one option for the same plays. But Trey was the only guy they could play through full time. Right. Now you have another guy. I I honestly. I think Lou Williams being there is only going to make a lot of those younger, like, figuring out their role guys 
mm-hmm. like Reddish, like DeAndre Hunter, like Querter, mm-hmm. all those guys who sometimes are kind of they're like weird out there. Yeah, they're, that's not going to be happening as much because Lou Williams is controlling what's going on. Yep. And John, you think John Collins was feasting with Trey Young? Oh yeah, dude. Lou with the way Lou gets to the basket. You know, you saw Montrezl was averaging like 15 just off of Lou last year. Yeah. So, Collins next year, might his stats might be insane next year, honestly. I hope Lou stays longer, man. I, I, I think the Clippers team sucks so much heart out of Lou, honestly. I mean, the way he, he was talking in the interview about possibly retiring because of the trade. Like, what a... I mean, I think I honestly, man, this I think team is the like fact traumatic. That, yeah, I think the fact that it's Atlanta saved him. It could save him, and also be like, man, I'm back home. Like finally, I take Magic my money. City every other night. It's easy. Yeah, I already live here. My my girls, girl, whatever, you know, they're here, so I'm I'm good, and I got I can get my money in Atlanta. I'm cool. Nah, I, I don't really doubt. I don't doubt. He's got that Hooper like gene in him. He does. He so, does. So, I, like, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I still think he's gonna be locked into like play. I, I think he is too. I, I was just saying, I understand both sides. I, I think he will be ready to play and want to play, and I think this team, the way they're moving, I think Lou likes being the underdog, and this team is the underdog. I think that's his thing. So. I I think he'll be happy there. I do. But let's talk about the flip side. The Clippers got what they wanted. Whole basketball culture has been screaming at them to get a point guard. And like a typical bad organization, they threw away their bench explosiveness. Their second, you know, the second one that they threw away. Third, even. To, I get, mean, I to get a point guard. Yeah. So, I mean, you think Rondo is the one for them? No. Okay. I, well, the, tell, say your reason first. I'll say my reason. I agree, though. You know... I think it's a safe bet at this point. Like you're, you're very, very aggressive sometimes with your Durant hate. Yeah, it's very just blatant. Like you acknowledge it a lot of times before you say it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest. I think I'm the same way with Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think they needed a point guard, like a quiet playmaking point guard. I thought Lonzo would have been a perfect fit for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he takes open, sh- he only takes good shots, and he's yeah. he look he just he, he's not really like a Hall of Fame passer, but he just looks for guys. Yeah. They don't need what Rondo does. <laughs> no, they don't. Rondo, and I, again, I keep going back, dude. I've pr- every time they look good, they move the shit out of the ball. Right. Without a point guard out there. Right. Rondo Rondo doesn't encourage 
everybody to move the ball. No, he doesn't. Rondo's a control freak. I'll get you guys the ball. I'll it, spread it out. I'll find let, you. Let me uh, let me put it this way for you, because I completely agree with your point. The, the problem, one reason why it's so hard to find the right point guard for LeBron James is because LeBron James leads the league in assists. His pass is supposed to be the assist. Like, there's no extra pass. If LeBron passes it to you, you're supposed to score. That's why, for another point guard to be out there with LeBron, it's like, why am I here? I'm. It's impossible for anyone to have more assists than LeBron on LeBron's team. It's impossible. I mean, like, other than, like, D. Wade, because LeBron wasn't, like, the point guard then. But since then, you can't do it. You can't average more because LeBron is that is he's the next pass person there's no like oh pass it and pass it again and rondo is like the ultimate point guard that if i'm passing it to you it's because i want you to shoot it yes there's no other reason yes i'm not passing it to you because you're open and someone else's Nah, i'm passing it to you that's supposed to be an assist when i pass it to you he only passes assists that's it that's why that's why I needed a more low-key point guard. Right. I needed somebody to come in and fit into the ball movement. If anything, yep. raise the ball movement up a notch. Right. Lowry would have been perfect. Yep. Because Lowry is okay with not controlling the offense. And Lowry is okay with being the offense. Like, it's either one. other thing is... Right now, if Kawhi and PG are out, who's scoring for them with Rondo in the game? That's the that's the other thing. Rondo is big on needing like an inside dominating center to to thrive with his assists. Yeah, yeah. You remember or how someone he, else that will handle the ball? Rondo's and get a bucket. peak of his his playing time, he had either Kevin Garnett or last year he had Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me. I've never seen Rondo better than when he had those two guys. Right. What big is he feeding on the Clippers? Zubac? He's getting Zubac who no. can't catch shit? He's getting him, like, what, two Ibaka, extra layups? Ibaka won't stay inside. Ibaka's going to float. Uh, <laughs> Morris apparently is a three-point specialist. <laughs> so is uh, yeah. I mean, Patrick Patterson. I haven't seen Patrick Patterson in a layup in years. Me either. I haven't seen him in the key in years. That's my thing with this team. Like they they don't under they seem to not understand what makes them good. Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry, like Ty Lue, I know Ty Lue's not that dumb. I know for a fact Doc Rivers ain't that dumb. Uh on the flip side, man, and this is the part that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. They're not gonna like Rondo control the game. Kawhi Leonard is not letting Rondo control the game. That's ding, ding, ding. The main point of the story. Because right now, in in my opinion, Paul George should already be controlling the game. Because the few times where I see Paul George really go off and then look good is when he has the ball in his hands every other time down court. And they never... He's Ray Allen, like he said. Right now... And Kawhi has the ball in his hands every time down court, and his all it does is lead to 
uh, someone trying to shoot a buzzer beater for the shot clock, or Kawhi forcing a shot. It's two options. So when Rondo's out there, I don't see it. I don't see Rondo being the guy that changes that at all. The problem is Kawhi's play style is very slow. It is. In in Rondo is a guy who pushes the tempo, but with like it just it's not gonna mesh with Kawhi Leonard like needing his touches. And I mentioned on here, we both mentioned on here before. We don't see them get fast breaks. We don't no. understand. That's not I don't understand change. why. When's the last time you've seen like? You know, I haven't seen Paul George even like give a windmill this year, dude. How how <laughs> when they came together, PG Kawhi, holy shit, defensive, you know, lock lockdown. Yeah. How have I never seen them go two on one or like a two on two fast break? I've never I've once never in my it. life seen that. I've never seen. I've only seen very few breakaways from them. Exactly. Very few. Yeah. In in to your point, man, they they're at their best not even when they feed or like make Paul George create. Just playing through a guy who knows either I'm getting a bucket or we're doing like something different. Right. Kawhi Leonard it kills all momentum they have when he plays well. Kawhi always plays like the team needs him. That's like the weirdest I know that I don't mean that in like the most literal sense. I mean, he plays like the team needs him to get a bucket every time he has the ball. Like they don't need like it could be first quarter, he's he has the ball like it's the last shot of the game. Like he has to go get it. He has to run the shot clock down. You know what I'm saying? Every possession. And I never get that. Exactly. And the problem Kawhi slows down the pace to such a extent mm-hmm. that they're overrated, or at this point, not even overrated. They're just, their bad defense is put on notice. Yeah. Rondo. It is. Dude, that's all I talked about in the playoffs last year. Like, damn, Rondo can't guard a soul. Yeah. Rondo does, like, the old guy at the, the gym thing of, like, uh, I'll just let my guy score and I'll take off. Right. Like, hurry up, hurry up, inbound it quickly. I'll just take off. Maybe we'll get a fast break. Yeah, or I'll make my guy, you know, take a tough drive, and you guys deal with it because yes. I'm already up court. Yes, Let's push it. But the Clippers, they've shown now for their entire tenure, they can't guard guards. Right. And Rondo is only going to make that worse. Yep. I just, again, to start the year, I thought. Rondo was the solution, especially prior to the year. Mm-hmm. But they've shown me that they know how to move the fucking ball. The yeah. only thing that stands in their way is not Pandemic P. It's not getting rid of Montrezl or even Lou. It's Kawhi Leonard not wanting to play team basketball. Yep. So Rondo's probably going to make that worse, in my opinion. How many more years do you think the Clippers have as the Clippers duo has before they make a move? You think Paul George will retire a Clipper? Or Kawhi? Either of them? No. No. How many years they're, do you think? They're weak. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say, because I think two, this year and one other year. 
Okay. Uh, but the the thing is, if they get embarrassed again, mm-hmm. they're they're a weak organization. And we if they see, don't blow we, it up, we see it. I mean, another thing I was gonna say is, I don't mind you getting Rondo. I just didn't want you to get give up Lou Williams to get Rondo. Good point. And that's exactly what they gave up. But anyway, uh, that I, I wouldn't have taken. I wouldn't have let Rondo go for anybody else if I'm Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta, yeah, for sure. Yeah. If uh, they want I'm saying if they wanted Rondo and they didn't give me Lou Williams, I I guess I'm keeping Rondo. This I year. would have done the same thing. No, that's just a good yeah. that's good business move. And two picks they got. Yeah. I just again, to me it start it starts and stops with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And in him I don't know who's more to blame for him and Paul George not having chemistry, but I've mm-hmm. seen Paul George has have chemistry with other people. Yeah. Paul George had chemistry with Russell Westbrook. He did. Paul George had chemistry with people in Indiana. Yeah, and he the offense ran through him and it looked great. Right. And they look like I've never seen every time the offense has ran through Paul George, it looks They've looked like a contender to me. Every team he's been on. Exactly. Except for the Clippers. And he's a huge part. When they move the ball well, he's a huge part of them being an elite offensive team. Yep. But. And he's a he's a decent second pass guy. Like It's course. like when he does it and keeps doing it, he gets better and better at it. But And yeah. his, his, like, his, especially when he's scoring at an elite level, it opens up their ball movement a lot. Yeah, it does. Uh, but again, this team just constantly shows me that they, they're they not a disciplined, they're not a well-run organization. Is Kawhi Leonard the most overrated player in the league? Um, yeah. <laughs> just because of he's ranked, he's like, to people, he's like a lock for top five. Right. I told you as soon as we came out the playoffs, nah. Mm-hmm. Nah. I mean, it, you know how I've he's been up there on my hate list since he left San Antonio. I I know you would see what I'm saying, but it's again, yeah. I just think Rondo and Kawhi Leonard just picturing that it, it just looks bad to me. And Kawhi Leonard never gets open for the ball. I I don't know why because he used to obviously in San Antonio. That was his thing, because he was, like I said, a role player, great role player. But when he got open, it worked. He had that nice little backdoor play they had for him. He had like a a nice um, down screen where he'd come up from the block and come up to the top of the key. He'd yep. be wide open. Yep. And now it's like if someone else has the ball and you don't just give it to Kawhi, like if he can't just come get it from you, take it from you. I never see Kawhi, like, you know, come around picks and try to get open hard for, like, a shot. He just gets open to play one-on-one. Yeah, you, so. you know another funny thing I noticed? Uh, Kawhi Leonard, bro, he treats Reggie Jackson kind of like Kobe treated Smush Parker. Where, like, and he sucks. Reggie Jackson is way better. Than it's Smush way better. Parker. But the thing is, like, he's playing like trash, but it's, like, every everything that's going wrong for the team, it's, it's your fault, Reggie. 
He does do that, yeah. Bro, every time Reggie can't feed him the ball, like Reggie, like he he shows emotion. Yeah, he acts like Reggie's incompetent. Yeah, it's it's he's got two pet peeves: when Reggie can't play right, mm-hmm. and when Zubac can't catch the ball. Right. When the, one of those two things happens, he's not a robot anymore. Yep. And if if Paul George takes a shot where Kawhi was asking for the ball, open he's, or not, if he asks for it, yeah, like, he's a little unhappy. You could just see it. Yeah, he'll be a little extra lazy on defense that next play. He's one of those guys that will, like, if they're open, he puts his hands up, and when you shoot it, like he he, he just runs like, out of court with his hands still up. Oh yeah, he's like. I just I hate how yeah. split he is from like the concept of team chemistry. Yeah, he is. Again, I I had no problem when he was doing the Tim Duncan like, yo, I'm private, don't bother me. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you gotta have some kind of team chemistry to be successful. And I'm not, and for me, I'm not saying Kawhi isn't like. Uh, you know, I'm not saying Kawhi can't fit on a team, but the problem with this Clippers team is that they built the team around Kawhi and not Kawhi fitting into their team. Because yes. on the Raptors, that's exactly what happened. The Raptors have been in the Eastern Conference Finals all the time. DeRozan was taking them places they've never been before. Um, and they were looking like a contender. They were uh, best record in the East multiple times. And you just insert Kawhi there, perfect fit, just keep going. Yeah. And not perfect, but good fit, and they kept going. It kept being good. But when you start with someone who's that selfish, how do you how do you put pieces around something that isn't going to branch, isn't going to let their branches out to the pieces? You know what I'm saying? What bothers me more than anything is he asked for Paul George. Like, nobody thought, like, the Clippers, you remember how shocking that was? It was shocking for me, yeah. We find out that he specifically was like, yo, get me Paul George or I'm not coming here. Yeah. Because I think I heard that Paul George news first, if I'm not mistaken, that he was going to go to the Clippers. I'm like, oh, wow. The Clippers are like, they're there. And then they're like, oh, and Kawhi also chose the Clippers. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and what's crazy now is a year and a half, and y'all, y'all don't look like friends. Y'all don't look like y'all play like y'all know how to play together. Like, yeah. what was the point of all that? I don't know. Man. I don't. But even as a player, even as Kawhi, I don't know. You're scouting like who do I want to play with? Oh, I think me and Paul George would be perfect. I don't know who said that to him. Like, yo, you should get Paul George. Bro, it, it's like a 2K thought. Yeah. Because we were all hey, in the Paul same George boat, too. though. I I was so... Everybody was so hyped. Yeah. About them teaming. I thought from a basketball... Everybody talked about the defense. They not not letting anybody get off. It, of all things, I didn't like it. But of all things, I did think the defense was going to be good. Yeah. And, and Luka Doncic looks like a... He, he legit looks like Larry Bird when he plays them. Yeah, he does. <laughs> My God, they they're like allergic to playing good defense on him. Yeah. Oh, the most fundamentally sound superstar. I'm I'm a reach. 
<laughs> I'm gonna try to get a steal. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Okay, Paul George. All right. Let's uh, let's keep going. These deals are a lot smaller, but they're still pretty important. Denver. George Hill to the 76ers. Oh. That's a good pickup. That's it? But I, I think it's weird. I think Seth filled what I would expect George Hill to bring in. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like a shock that Seth could be like a point scorer guard. Yeah, but I I think George Hill gives them that extra ball mover, but also if I'm open, I'm gonna knock it down. I don't. I think they were a little bit light there. That's Just fair. He bit. doesn't hurt. Yeah, he, he could have gone to any roster, and maybe he wouldn't have found time, but he wouldn't have hurt the roster. Right. Uh, Matt Thomas to the Jazz. They just added more shooters. No big deal. I don't care. Bialica to the Heat. We didn't talk about him. Does he? I don't really see that fitting. He fits a little bit better than Olenek, I think. Without He doesn't just like throw up everything he touches. Yeah, but he, he's kind of a weird... He's a weird position for them. Because like I think a lot of times they play without his position on the court. Like they That's don't true. really yeah. have a, uh, you know, four. He's you know he's probably gonna times. be a guy. I don't know if he's gonna be there long, but I wouldn't be surprised if when they're fully healthy, he's not part of the rotation. But mm-hmm. like he gets off on the like we're resting, either Bam <laughs> or like uh, Achua, yeah, or like one of the bigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a guy. Maybe not get off, but get a lot of minutes. On those kinds of nights. Right. Okay. Uh, Norman Powell for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. Probably my favorite move of the trade deadline. This one for me, man, when I read it, I was... I was disappointed, but... I also thought it was probably my favorite move. (laughs) Because I liked what Gary Trent gave to Portland. Because Gary Trent didn't hurt Portland at all. No. Big help. He's a big help. He's another guy I don't think he hurts anybody. He plays hard defense. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't take a lot of bad shots. If he's open, he's going to hit a bunch of threes. That's what everyone wants in the guard right now. So I thought that was kind of whack that they had to lose him. But losing Rodney Hood, Rodney Hood did nothing. I knew Rodney Hood was going to get traded. Um... But Norman Powell, man, <laughs> first game he goes off. Yes, and, and I'm I'm not gonna overestimate the first game. That's great. Uh, yeah, because Dame didn't play. Right. <clears throat> so he didn't get the full chemistry. I had I had to think about this. My initial, it took me a second to realize this. We talk about Portland changing up the roster every off season or trade deadline or whatever. Yeah. Everybody that comes into Portland, even and we do this, they do this. How do they fit? Like, what role do they fit on the team? Mm-hmm. That hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. For a lot of different reasons, in the meaningful moments, something about them having roles gets just thrown away. I don't know if it's the play style, the coaching, probably a mix of both. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's bad defense. 
Uh, yeah. But a lot of the like the roles and kind of what guys are out there for, especially not Dame and CJ. Yep. It just gets erased. Yep. And they finally said enough of that. Enough of like trying to figure out how we're gonna bring a guy and what he's gonna. Norman Powell is not like that. No, he's not. Norman Powell is an explosive bench scorer. And he's one of those guys, what do you need? I'll do it. And that's it. That's you need it. threes? I got you. You need defense? I got you. You need rebounds? Exactly. I got you. Exactly. And I, they've, they've been in desperate need of just excitement off their bench. And we talk about it every time we talk about Norman Powell. The momentum god. God. And this year. run. He, Bro, Toronto, he keep the run going. Toronto without him probably would be like one of the lowest seeds in the league. Oh, yeah. And I mean, yep. they are pretty low, but he's yeah, been, and- dude, he's been exactly what Portland has been missing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They're not winning a championship if they don't play defense. Normal Powell ain't that good. Right. But this, like now... I don't mind him having bad games because I know he could go off in another game. Mm-hmm. So many guys have come through, like, you know, the role, the 3 and D guys come in there, and yeah. if they miss three shots, I'm mad they're even on the court. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Dame can't get shots because he's getting double teamed. CJ, you know, didn't wake up for this one. Norman, can't do that with- Norman get him up. Yeah. And, and, and Norman. I, go ahead. If you, if you open up the lane, Norman's coming there exactly. too. Exactly, <laughs> Norman. Norman ain't shy about taking the most shots, which nope. everybody else seems to be on Portland, except Melo. Well, Melo's different because Melo's Hall of Fame scorer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he he gets a different like pedigree than other guys do. Right, but, I got you. But like Gary Trent is a perfect example where they maxed him out mm-hmm. as far as like how he impacts the team. Mm-hmm. But you, you really, if you think about it, you can already picture it. If he's missing shots, we're going to be watching in the playoffs like, God damn it. What is he out right. there for? Right. I never feel like that with Norman Powell. And I've seen him go over. I've seen him miss. You know, I've seen him just play like trash. Mm-hmm. But it's that explosiveness that they only ever get from their backcourt and mellow. Yep. And, you know, Nurkic pretending he could give him that. I'm still waiting for Derek Jones to give them some explosiveness, but just catch a lob, please. I can't remember the last time. I mean, you know, he's dunked off the rebound, something like that, a garbage basket dunk, but I haven't seen him like really, you know, he used to have a highlight every other game on Miami yes. when he was playing. Yep. So, I I just but, think yeah. <clears throat> I think their closing lineup they can't do it right now, but it needs to include uh, Powell and Mello. All they can't do it because they don't have like a, a reliable defensive center, right? But if they get that in the off season, like if they had gotten Drummond, oh, I'd have got rid of Nurkic. If they had gotten Drummond, it would have been a wrap for me. It would have been opinion. a wrap, bro. I need somebody to like if Dame or CJ get beat, or if anybody gets beat. I need somebody down there to, like, send it. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody, Whiteside came in and couldn't do that every night. And that's all they needed from him. That's it. They really needed nothing else from Whiteside. Yes, but he'll take he'll take trash mid range jumpers, but yeah. block everything. Oh, hey, I, I I don't got enough energy for that. Even though I just led the league in blocks, coming off last the damn year. bench. Yeah. But anyway, again, I think Powell doesn't solve all their issues, but I'm tired of struggling to figure out how how guys would fit there. Do you think they go small and well? You you said they need another center. You don't put Covington in their final lineup. Is it between Covington and Mello? Whoever you know, if yeah, Mello's I, hot, he's out there. I don't know. I, mean, I guess I guess Covington could be in there over Powell to close the game. Uh, I just think it, Powell's randomness is just is so needed for them. It also could be, you know, offense defense thing. They may just switch it out if, yeah, if CJ isn't, you know, he's not on fire or anything. Then Powell's out there, or if they have to guard someone special on defense, Powell's out there. When we switch back to offense, we need a basket. We throw CJ back in there, right? Something like that. They got options though. They didn't have options before. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, Denver. Okay, you want to go there? Yes. Denver and Orlando. Oh wait, wait, no, no. Let's do Chicago first. Okay. Vucevic to Chicago. I love it. And they got Tice. They might. They might have. I love. I mean, it. They got a strong front court. Right. They're they're positioning themselves to kind of do what Philly did, uh, where Philly went from trusted process to like. Elite in the conference, yeah. Chicago. You see Boston doing that. I think I mean, Chicago, Chicago. I think is on its way. Okay. They're developing the right way now. They got mm-hmm. the right roster together. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about their record right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think next year they have no excuse not to be a a top eight Eastern Conference team. Okay. They're they're I'm getting there. They're figuring out they're getting rid of Otto Porter, you know, he helped them, but he you're paying him a lot to help a little bit. Right. So that's okay. I think now your front court is he gives you a great balance of like offensive explosiveness and high IQ solid defense. Yep. And you know, they got rid of uh Wendell Carter, I think, right, in that trade. But yeah. you got Tice. Yes, so. I think Tice and Vucevic more than make up for Carter's. I mean, his biggest thing was rebounding, mm-hmm. so I think they can make that up. I mean, oh yeah, who did they give up Markinen to? No, they got Markinen. They kept Markinen. Oh, they kept him. I was yeah. expecting them to move him just because they haven't really used him well. I was too. I uh, I think I asked you a couple weeks ago, would you trade Markinen for Vucevic? Didn't I? I'm not sure. Maybe. I, thought I, I don't did. remember us talking about it in depth, though, if, if you did. No, yeah. But I, I definitely thought Markinen was going to get moved because, yeah, I, I think kind of fit-wise that Wendell Carter is easier to keep. Like, if I were to trade somebody and add them to the team, I think Wendell Carter just keeps playing his game. But I think Markinen may need to 
do something a little bit different than what he's been doing. Yeah. Or he may get opened up more. So, it could be it's two-sided. I I I think Vucevic is such an easy offensive fit. Mhm. Uh there's not going to be too much of a problem. And again, they've been moving in the right direction just as far as play style. Yeah. Uh, they got the in my opinion second best coach in the East. Or yeah, top three coach in the East right now. Yeah, so I, I think I think they can make a playoff push this year if their record's still within striking distance. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so man, I mean, these guys—they got to play all the way to the end this season. Like it may come down to the last game in the East. Yeah, I saw Wizards got eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Chicago, I didn't expect Chicago to like to probably be the most active team during the deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really like it, man. I, I think they they went for similar to like Philly made the Jimmy Butler move yeah. and took off. Yep. And this is to me, maybe not as much of an individual impact, mm-hmm. but for a team that's already trending in the right direction, this is a two perfect pickups. Yeah, right now they're at 10, so they will be in the double elimination um, playoff tournament. Play in just get them in. As long as they get in there, I'm happy. I think they can make noise just getting in. Yeah. Uh, right now, they're 12 games behind, so they're two. Well, I'll just say what the numbers are. So the Knicks are at the fourth seed. They're eight games behind. Charlotte and Atlanta are both tied for eight and a half. Go ahead, Boston Knicks. is at the seventh seed, so Boston would play the play-in game. They'd have to win one out of two, um, and they're at nine. And then the Heat, Pacers are both at ten. Chicago's at twelve, and the Raptors are eleventh right now. And they're thirteen point five, so they're not out of it either. And all teams, all teams that like, even when they're bad, you can't. You still got to take them seriously. Oh, yeah. So, like, even Toronto, you know, you've been pretty right on Toronto not being good. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about it probably closer to the end of the season, depending on how they do. But uh, Toronto's not a team you could just relax on. Right. Even. I think getting Gary Trent and Hood helps them a little bit. Stabilizes their, like, perimeter scoring a little bit. Yeah, it does. And it gives him more of a, uh, you know, Rodney Hood at his best is, like, still more of a go-to guy than they have at the two or three. I mean, without Powell. They have Van Vliet and Lowry, and then no one else can get their own bucket on the team except Siakam. Yeah. So, at least Hood gives them somebody who can get a bucket. But, yeah, back to Chicago – Definitely, man. They they have a chance to make a. If they can get Indiana out of there, they have a chance to make the top eight with the plan now. So, they're there. Oh man, Lavert Lavert getting warmed up for Indiana. Yeah, he is. It's not quite translate. I mean, they he did get him a, a win already, almost individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I don't know, man. I I think he could just unlock 
like the scoring issues that Indiana has had, I think he could fix all of that. He might. This is a crazy looking playoff, man. We got the Knicks at fourth, Charlotte at five, Atlanta at six. Three teams that didn't make the playoffs at all in the last like what three years? Yep. And now we got Yeah, man. That's huge. And in Chicago too. I need I need the Knicks in the playoffs just for the culture. Oh, they're making the playoffs for sure. For sure. Uh okay. Next one. Let's go to Denver. The Denver Orlando blockbuster trade. Gary Harris and RJ Hampton and a first round pick for Aaron Gordon. And Gary Clark. Don't know Gary Clark, so not really gonna <laughs> mention him, but uh Denver. Good job. Denver, okay. I think, fixed any concerns I had with them. Okay. Uh, as much as you could. I mean, you know, maybe yeah, they yeah. could have f- filled Harris's position specifically. Yeah. But I think I think Gordon gives them the same exact versatility that Grant gave them. Yep. In, in Gordon's athleticism is a little bit different, uh, but mm-hmm. I think the way he can impact Denver is very similar. I agree. Because he's a guy who, he's not going to kill you from the perimeter, but he's going to keep you honest, just like Grant did. Yep. And you don't run out there either because exactly you know, if you let him go by you, you already exactly. know what's going down. And that's the other yeah. thing that I loved about Grant that I think Gordon can do really well is... He is more of what you said with Powell as far as, like, what do we need from you? Go do that. Gordon, you're saying? Yeah, I think Gordon is more of a starter caliber player that could also do that. Right. And I just think he's, to me, to me, I think he's going to fit in well. I think he's going to improve their defensive issues along with McGee, who I think is a sleeper big pickup. Really big pickup. Uh, because he gets Hartenstein out of there. Who? Not even sleeper. He's just a huge pickup to me. Right. And because now, a lot of teams would want to have him. And now, when Jokic comes out the game, you got a guy who's trying to send everything. Yep. I don't want an unselfish guy. Right. I don't want a guy trying to take charges and like being fundamentally sound. I need a guy to just go for shit. Yep. And they, he's a better lob catcher than Plumley, and when Plumley was doing that, it helped them so much. Yes, and he's you know a lot better at it. So, yeah. Great pick. Again, I think their only slight issue, kind of to what you said, was like Harris's position specifically. Mm-hmm. I think now their guards, there's a little bit more pressure on their guards. To, to do what their roles are, mm-hmm. which is, but they've, they've, Barton is the big one to me. Because right. Morris, Morris has exceeded expectations pretty much for two years now. Yeah, but he, they need him on the bench. But no, I they know. They need him coming off the for bench. For sure. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really, I, I trust Morris enough that I know he's going to come in there and be a high IQ player. Oh, yeah. That's kind of, that's really what they need, and he does that every time. Yep. Barton is 
has always been that probably their biggest question mark. Because mm-hmm. Barton has the explosiveness of Powell, but he has the like the shot taking purgatory of like a Fred Van Fleet. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, or or even like a Terrence Ross who. I was surprised didn't get moved, by the way. Yeah. Uh, But I just think Barton is a guy who either makes everything click perfectly or keeps it a little bit stiff. Right. But the the big problem for them, I think they're so talented, I don't mind them having the occasional offensive struggle. Yeah. Gordon upgrades them defensively. Oh, yeah. For sure. And, I mean... To keep it real, they could go huge and move Michael Porter Jr. to the two because he can play the two. Yep. And Porter, I mean, yeah, Porter at the two, Gordon at the three, Millsap, and Jokic is Jokic and JaVale McGee. I mean, they got Gordon is so versatile. Michael Porter Jr. is so versatile. They can play around a lot. Yes. They can. My one thing now to, like, and I should have said this for Portland too. Like now, with Portland's different, but now Denver, you're big. You're like you're officially back to big, right? Uh, got a rebound. Oh, Way yeah. too many times they're like an average rebounding team. Yep. Even though they have you know the the tools to be a good rebounding team. And that's one thing that is bad about Michael Porter Jr. And we talked about this a little bit, but. They use him as if he's a whatever you need, I'll do it guy, but don't tell him what they need. That's how I feel. Like I've seen Porter have ten rebound games in like the first quarter and a half. Like I've seen him go crazy with rebounds, but it's like they just don't ask him to do that every night for some reason. Some of that I think is on him though, because he comes in there and sometimes I, you could just see he's hunting shots. Yeah, but then, but again, sometimes they ask him to. Sometimes it looks like they're playing for him to get some shots, and then the next game they don't pass it to him at all. So then he does try to, like you said, hunt for shots, and then he's not in the paint anymore. Yeah. I, it it comes down to them not giving him a clear role. Still, yeah, I still don't yeah. see it. And my only knock, and we talked about it a number of episodes ago, but my only knock on him is like. The Lakers do that with Kuzma. Mm-hmm. And, but Kuzma can thrive just by playing really hard. Right. I need to see more of that from Porter Jr. I agree. Just fly around and like do get random putbacks and random blocks. Right. Like that that'll just get you going, it'll get the team going. Forget like it, it's always seems like he's gotta make shots to contribute in a meaningful way. Yeah, and and I guess that's just the kind of guy he is. But the flip side is the Lakers reward Kuzma for it. And Michael Porter Jr., they just say, hey, man, you know, wait. Good job. I remember I remember one time um, <laughs> Coach Brown, right, uh, our our coach. Oh, no. We were watching film, and I had like a – I had a nice steal, and I remember – <laughs> the assistant coach saying, "Hey, you know, TC, you get a steal every time you're in the game. I had a nice steal, you know. I made a little inside out, took a guy to the basket, 
got the layup, took me out the game, right? And we're watching the film. He, he took me right out the game. He's like, hey, TC, way to make something happen there. And that was it, right? And I, when I see Michael Porter Jr. sometimes, that's how I feel like the team just is like, yo, man, nice play there. And, like, we're done. Like, that's it. You're not getting the ball again, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I see that sometimes. That's, and w- that's when fair. Michael Porter Jr., like, well, man, what what do you need? Just tell me what you need me to do, and I'll do it. But I, I don't see I don't see that ever happening yeah. in the games. <clears throat> I think adding Gordon, though, they are almost forced to do that now. Right. Because otherwise they'll be running into each other on the court. But, but I think, like, Jokic being such a talented passer, you remember how Grant would just get, like, just such such great shots sometimes? Yeah. Just off of, like, just Jokic doing, like, the handoff randomness. Yeah. Uh, I think Gordon can do the same thing. He can, yeah. And, and he's like Grant, too, in a way where he doesn't need to take a lot of dribbles. Exactly. Like Grant is like a three dribble guy. Like I think he plays the three dribble one on one all the time. Like he's one of those guys. I catch it, yeah. boom, boom, boom. I need to get a shot off. And Gordon's the same thing. Gordon doesn't dribble for more than six seconds of the shot clock. Never. Yeah. I... And and that helps them because they're a team that moves the ball. But also similar to what we said about Rondo, a lot of times Jokic gets into the if I give you the ball, you better shoot kind of thing too sometimes but I may be hating on Jokic so I won't go further into detail about that we'll but see. I've seen him we'll see. sometimes where it's like yo I gave you that you didn't shoot it he'll do some visible like shrug thing or get upset a little bit because he thought the guy was wide open and they thought they were making a good play but you know they thought they were making a better play should say. I, I wonder if Grant, uh, if uh, Grant 2.0, I wonder if Gordon c- coming in there will kind of fix Jamal Murray's shot taking. Because with Grant, it didn't happen very often, but with Grant, Murray occasionally got good shots. I haven't seen Murray go a quarter taking only good shots yet this year. I'm not sure if... Or at least a consistent like minute of, or two of him taking good shots. I'm not sure if Gordon is respected in the same way that Grant is as a uh, as a role player yet. I, he's not. I mean, we'll have to see it. He's not. We'll have to see For it. For sure he's not. So, I think that may be the only thing holding that back. But he might be. When they, you know, when they use him there, he might be. I don't know. We didn't talk about Aminu going to Chicago. Anything? No. <laughs> Gary Harris do anything for the Magic? No. What? Okay. <laughs> just asking, man. I'm Dude, just asking. Orlando, I feel like Orlando waited like three years to do this. They waited way too long. Vucevic has been asking to leave there for years. What is... um, DeLon Wright for Corey Joseph, anything? If Sacramento could play some fucking defense, it would be something. What else did they... Uh, two second rounds. Pistons got two second rounds. Pistons... It pisses me off. I don't off know what they're going to do with that. It pisses me off how trash Sacramento is. 
Yeah, me too. Like, like Houston, you know... They're wasting Fox's years Houston, and Buddy. Right. Houston, the organization just said, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sacramento didn't do that. Nope. They just... I, I, I don't know, bro. They're, something about the way they play is really bad. Sacramento just has to say, okay, we're all in. We're keeping Buddy and Fox. Everybody else is available. We need some stars, and we need to make it... We need to make the playoffs this year. Oh, I like, for- they just need to say that. Yes, I forgot we talked about rookies of the year. Uh, Halliburton. Yeah, he's next in line. Not Ed- Edwards needs a couple more big games to get in there. No, Halliburton is definitely next in line because I forgot too. And when I I saw him have a good game the other night, it was like, oh yeah, I he's did the too. one. I was like, shit, he's been carrying the offense low key. Yeah, he's the one. Like, he got it. Like, sorry, Fox- quickly. Fox is having all these big games, and they're getting like they're getting outscored. I know he has forty, and they still get outscored. They have the mo- by far the most like one twenty to one thirty games in the league. I think that someone did say they were leading the league in points per game. I think I heard that, or they were up high in it. Wizards uh, were top like three in that last year, so shows you what mm-hmm. that stat does. Right. Did we talk about P.J. Tucker on Milwaukee? I was hoping to see that on Friday. I was kind of salty I didn't. Uh, Real quick. I feel like we've been going for like two hours already. We're up there. It's always basketball. We it always is... get stuck on basketball. We do. Um, Real quick. Is, does Terrence Ferguson belong in the NBA? Honestly. No. <laughs> okay. Where's he at? Where is he even at? He's a free agent. Oh, he should stay. If Gerald, yo, if Terrence Ferguson gets signed and Joe Green stays home. (laughs) He's 12 years younger than Gerald Green, though. 12 years more trash, too. (laughs) And 12 might be it. Might be over the top. He's definitely 8 to 10 years younger. Ferguson is... I don't, you know, no need to swear more than I do, but not good. I'll just say. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other, any other uh, news? Um, JJ to Dallas. You want anything? He hasn't played in a while, but uh, I think him coming in for specifically uh, Josh Richardson, I think, could be really big for them. Okay. Because going from like, and Richardson has started playing much better lately. Yeah. Uh, but I think getting in like a cleaner three, like point specialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with with like their high energy guards and bigs doing random shit, I think it it works a lot better. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Chris to the Spurs, even though he's out for the season. Nothing. Why is he out for the season? What? Remember he uh he tore something like second game of the season. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like third game, I want to say. Yeah, it was really, really early. 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 Yeah, like the first second week. I for, I don't remember what it was, but I remember them saying he was done. I mean, that's uh, not the Warner... answer as far as like fixing your front court, San Antonio. Even if he no, was healthy. It helps it helps though. It helps I mean, I don't even know who they played at backup center. But if you didn't figure out your starter, I don't care who he's backing up. <laughs> I'm starting Marquise Chris over. Oh, that's that's fine, but that's trash still. 
Yeah. You and when I was saying worked. they got their backup, it's it's uh Pirtle. <laughs> they just they need a starting center who's like solid. They do. Just, they do. Because I I'll I can get away with Pirtle as a backup. Right. Or Chris. It doesn't matter. But, but neither of them is a starter. No. Brad Wanamaker to the Hornets. Nothing. I actually think that helps him a little bit because Lamelo's out, but they're a playoff team. Yeah, and he he's a ball mover. He he's quick. He plays yes. good defense. I mean, he they have a little bit of a too many cooks in the kitchen scenario with guards. Yes, okay. uh, and I think Wanamaker, you could plug him in there and like fit him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, how many guards could you picture? prior being like oh we're sending that guard to to charlotte can they fit mm-hmm. I'd, I'd more often than not i'd be like no right but wanamaker yeah. i think is uh and he's like physical he's got that like old man vet thing you know the hard foul like third, third year in the league <laughs> <laughs> right even though he is an old man right but but he's got that like hard foul that um like let's let's make sure we pass it to the good player in the lineup. Yeah. So I, I think it fits them pretty well. And he's a threat. If you if you I mean you can't really leave him, and you can't run out there on him because he is quick, he's strong, and he he makes good passes. Yeah. He helps them, but I, obviously he more, it's not a big impact. Yeah, I was gonna say he more doesn't hurt them than he helps them. That's that's a good way to put it. Uh. I think that's it for that. So let's do the two big ones. We didn't even get to the two biggest <laughs> pickups. Uh, the Nets got LaMarcus Aldridge. Crickets. What do you think? Dude, like multiple people reached out to me with like the... When something crazy happens in the NBA, I have you. I have two other people that... Like, reach out to me and are like, whoa, like, this just happened. Like, what do you think? Uh-huh. Uh, if I don't, you know, t- tell him first. <laughs> you, you saw what I said when I... Yeah. <laughs> Why do people care? It? I understand. I, I get Blake. Blake, I, I'm excited that he's there. Especially seeing him the first couple games. Yeah, and we're both Blake fans. Right. And Blake's been washed for a year, maybe a year and a half. Blake is a very emotional person, and I think that, you know, he carries the team's emotion with him, and when the team's trash, he's trash. Right. So. And you yeah. see the energies night and day already. Absolutely. The team's good. All of a sudden, Blake's catching alley-oops. He's dunking on people. Diving he's on the floor. Diving on the floor. He's getting technicals. He's yep. fighting with people. Like, yep. that's what, you know, it's great. Uh, but so Lamarcus good. has been washed for <clears throat> for four years. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time he sustained a season of good basketball? Just that first year in San Antonio. How long was that? Like how long ago was that? It's five years ago, I think. Yeah. Half a think decade. He's been, he's been trash. It, that because. It was a year where, you know, they still had Ginobili and Kawhi. Yes, the last year, I want to say. Who's? 
Ginobili? Like, yeah, the, the big threes. It was the year before Kawhi decided to just stop playing. Yeah, because I remember when he first came in, like, they were kind of playing through him, and, you know, sometimes it looked good. Mm-hmm. And then it just, Kawhi got nice, and then Kawhi got drama, Aldridge couldn't guard anybody. His turnarounds, his left, uh, or his right shoulder turnarounds didn't look as unstoppable as they used to. (laughs) Am I tripping? You had to... You had to go down to the shoulder, make sure you picked the right. Yeah, because it was a specific one. I didn't know it was. A, I didn't know you had to go to. It was on the around. left side. Turn around to the baseline. To a into a fadeaway. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. He, dude, he's feasting yeah. off that. He was. There was yeah. like three years when the uh, like we talk about with Luca's like one, and then the second step is much slower. Yeah. So teams act like they can't figure that out. It was the same shit with Aldridge's turnarounds. Yeah, Aldridge was like a mid-range, like legend. Dead eye for sure. Point. For sure. That time, yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, like I said, he's been washed for years. Mm-hmm. And now, because the defense is getting so bad, it gets exposed so quickly in the playoffs. Yep. And. LaMarcus couldn't guard when he wasn't washed. Yep. So now, like, that's that's what bothers me about this. People are getting excited, like, whoa, the Nets are so unfair. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they were unfair before LaMarcus, and LaMarcus doesn't make them more unfair. LaMarcus you know has I mean? no, to me, he has no impact on them. I mean, okay, maybe you bring him in, he'll hit a couple jumpers. Okay. Everybody, Mm -hmm. a lot of guys can do that. Right, yeah. He doesn't have any specific individual impact. No, he does not. You're right. I mean, because, like, what? David West, when he was on Golden State, he came in, he'd be open for the jumper, maybe he'd hit it. He set a hard screen, and he's done for the night. Yep. And that's, I I could see that with Lamarcus. I think Lamarcus probably would take more shots than that, but he won't be in long enough to really go crazy. They have too many guys. Because who are you going to sit? Someone is sitting when Lamarcus is in the game, and it's someone that could be doing more than Lamarcus. That's that's Even a tired. great way to put it. And my thing is, I I was such a fan of him in Portland. And it's not that he left to San Antonio, because I actually thought it was a really cool move, like a a big free agent picking San Antonio while they were still really good. Yeah. Uh, It's how he played in San Antonio that pissed me off. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, uh, to me, not enough people kind of saw how, like, selfish he was. Yeah, and that's why I never, I was never a LaMarcus fan. And and to me, you know, I've always been a Damian fan, so I always talk about it. Them abandoning him that year, Lamarcus, his team, it, it, you know, his team was going the right direction with him being a leader on the team. Great, he got sick of that. He kind of became instantly became like a diva after like that second, like second to last year, 
in Portland. Like I think as soon as Damian got there, pretty much. But I, Lamarcus became like I deserve better than this. Like I should be on a team that values me, or you know, I'm the go-to guy. We're gonna win a championship. That's I think I think that's it. And then all of a sudden, like, and now he just chasing a championship. It really has nothing to do with the game. I never felt like Lamarcus Aldridge respected basketball. To be but, but honest, you you think about it. He went. Damian took off as soon as he arrived. Yeah. All of a sudden, Lamarcus doesn't want to be there. Yep. And the team was great. Right. They went to the second round of the playoffs for the first time since like Scottie Pippen was there. And he was, dude. He was cooking Houston. Yeah, and they were still. They still weren't sure if Brandon Roy wasn't coming back. Right. right? I think it was like the last chance. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know why he threw that name out. It made me sad, but <clears throat> but my point is, me. okay. Damien go t- takes off immediately. Lamarcus is like, I want to go somewhere else. Yeah, I'd ne- prior to that, I'd never seen him have a problem in Portland. Never. As soon as Damien becomes the guy, oh, now I don't want to be here. He goes yep. to San Antonio. And if you remember, Kawhi hadn't blown up yet. Right. He was starting to like become great. He already got a Finals MVP. He wasn't the star he became shortly after Lamarcus got there. Right. Kawhi becomes a star. If you remember, Lamarcus wanted to leave. He did. Yep. They had all this weird like issues. Greg Popovich had to like like come to bat for him to to try to say like everything was cool. When there was yep. all these reports coming out. They kept talking to Ginobili about it, remember? Mm-hmm. And Ginobili's like, I don't know what's wrong with Ky- with Kawhi. I don't know what's wrong with LaMarcus. Remember? Exactly. He kept getting annoying by, annoyed by that. Exactly. So. And I think just he, there was a moment when he was really good that I think he wanted to be the number one guy for a, a stretch of time. Yeah. And it never really, like, it never happened for him. Just because other guys kind of stole his chance, and there's just never been like a, there's never been a champion who's Who like mid-range that. scoring power forward. Well, like, this is game, you know. It's been so long; I don't even remember like his flaws really, other than he couldn't guard. Uh, but the problem he couldn't from... go to the basket really. I mean, oh no, 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 he can't drive. His threes are spotty. It's just he just has. What he does, he's perfect at it. And that's it, though. He's got, like, the high, quick release, though, so he could, like, get him off even if he the defense is good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, His mid-range is unstoppable. It really is. I, if he wants to give you buckets, he's going to give you buckets. But that's it. I, I just thought he never was, like, a leader of, of any kind. No. no. The teammates never looked at him as a leader. Never. And he came to San Antonio, and he didn't fit from, like, day one. And Dame was the leader immediately. Immediately. Yeah, and you're right. He didn't fit in San Antonio. Again, I just think he wanted to get a chance to be the number one guy. He saw the, the contracts for number one guys were starting to get out of control. He knew that the... That San Antonio valued their power forward, you know. And San Antonio had Hall been, of Fame power right. forward. And they'd been looking for, like, what's next. Mm-hmm. Again, I remember a lot of excitement about, like, oh, these guys are retiring. 
Alder just coming in to like be the next guy. The dynasty is going to keep going. Right, because not everybody left. And Aldridge is just late. Like, he's honestly, even at his peak in Portland, he's always been lazy. He plays <laughs> yeah. lazy. He moves lazy. He, he, look, he looks like he has, like, you know, retired person back problems. He might. <laughs> he might. And now he, and again, we go from him being toxic in Portland him being toxic in San Antonio, to him being, like, in and out of the team for two, three years, and now he's ring hunting. Right. And people are like, whoa, LaMarcus Aldridge on the Nets. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge has to remind me that he can still play basketball. Exactly. So, it doesn't mean anything for me. And that he can play basketball with someone who's better than him, because he hasn't shown me that in his old career. And not just to come in and score. Right. Sometimes you got to come in and like rebound. Can you even do that? Because you didn't want you didn't, you didn't show me any of that in San Antonio. So why would I think you had chances to be a contender there? Kyle Anderson was giving more contributing minutes than him at one point. That says it all. Shout out to Salomo. That says it all. All right. Now, finally. The moment you've all been waiting for, the Lakers have just upped their chances to win the title, to repeat. LeBron has, you know, the infinity gauntlet. My God, bro. (laughs) They have the four-time rebounding champion, two-time all-star Andre Drummond, has just signed with the Lakers. Bro, <laughs> I honestly, bro, forget Anthony Davis. They're 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 contender. They're a premier Western Conference team without him. If he if Anthony Davis doesn't come back, yes. Before they, you saw they were starting to ball out before LeBron messed up his ankle. By the way, they yeah they had picked it up. Yeah, uh, and I mean they were losing. They lost those first what three games in a row, yeah. and then all of a sudden they looked great. Yeah. And their schedule got a little easier, so they feasted on a lot of, like, the the Minnesotas. Yeah. Uh, But the the thing is, they still look flawed without Anthony Davis. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, Gasol just doesn't really round out your front court. And Kuzma's a power forward, but he doesn't... He's a wing to me. Yeah, he's he's a wing. He's like a wing with, like, little hints of power forward skill. Yep. Uh, Yep. But now... Drummond, I mean, dude, LeBron is unstoppable with an elite big man. Yeah, he is. And now it, the big man becomes unstoppable off of LeBron. <laughs> this is the perfect fit for Drummond for you? Because you were kind of hating. I was, we for were, sure. We were talking about I it. think Drummond is, Drummond is like, his impact is fluke. Wow, okay. It still is on the Lakers? No, 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 oh, okay. no. Okay. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah. But that's the you. thing. Dwight's impact for a lot of years was fluke. Mm-hmm. On the Lakers, it looked like n- n- the other 29 teams didn't have an answer. Drummond is starting on the Lakers, though, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's not so much about, like, starting or coming off the bench. It's. I'm just, I was just asking. I know, yeah. But I think playing alongside LeBron... Lob City. 
It's gonna be a lot of alley oops in LA. My man. God, they <laughs> Clippers. They were Lob City with Drummond, Anthony Davis, and Montrezl. <sighs> Clear the lane every time, bro. All, nope. all LeBron gotta do is take as much time as you need for that ankle. You know, we'll slip in the standings quite a bit, but we'll. I like Schroeder and I, I like Schroeder and Drummond. Oh yeah, like for that. sure. For sure, dude. Man. Everybody on this team, like this team, is built for Drummond to thrive. It is. Drummond gets to do what Dwight did. He doesn't have to defend as much. Nope. And he, he's, he, I mean, the rebounds are going to be easy. He's a head and shoulders better rebounder than Dwight. And what do the Lakers they, love to do? They love to struggle to make open shots. Yep, and they love to rebound and push the ball. Yes. And, and they're like, they'll force it in. And Drummond has been able, like, <laughs> this year he's been able to rebound and get the ball up to half court by himself. Right. Like, if everyone can go, or if you don't go and I got the rebound, I can push it a little bit before I have to pass it. Like, he's he's done that. Yeah. I don't want him doing that every time, but the fact that he can do it, the one thing that made um, Golden State so dangerous is that once Draymond got it, everyone is gone. Right. And now they Drummond being able to do that and Anthony Davis being able to do that, man. Like I like I texted you earlier, it's a game rap. plan for the Lakers, do not miss, because you're not getting a second chance. Make sure you take good shots, because there's no I just no second chances. My problem with Drummond is, his entire time in the league, there's been like pressure on him to be part of the offense. Uh huh. Like they teams have forced like this, like feeding him in the post, mm-hmm. and like. You know, trying to show out his skill set out of like the mid post and stuff like that, like the Zion kind of plays. Yeah. On the Lakers, forget all that. All you got to do, like his role will be so limited, yet it'll cater to everything he does great. And I think he will get his chances. Yes. Because and now when when you're limited role and you're thriving in that, now it's easier to hit jump hooks because you're comfy. Yeah, and Drummond's he has an underrated uh drop step the drop jab. His drop jab is tough. His drop jab For, drop step no, but drop jab yes. That yeah, just the drop jab. Yeah. Cuz when he he does the spin and he does that hard jab and guys go for it. And you know, he's his first step is quick for his like weight. Oh, I, yeah. I I won't say weight, but maybe his frame. So he catches guys for that, and he will because chances are the best big defender will be on Anthony Davis. So the second best will be Garden Drummond, and he's going to eat. And you know what that, in LeBron's favorite time to crash the offensive glass is when mm-hmm. the other team can't guard the other four players from crashing the offensive glass. Yeah. So you're going to see LeBron's putbacks going up. Like you said, yep. the law. I mean, they... The reason they're the best team by far is because their inside dominance was like, was just not even close to anybody else. Yep. And I, I think this just puts them in that same category. Yeah. So, I mean. Is it a wrap? For the. 
Uh, if LeBron's ankle is straight, then yes. Okay. Because I think AD, I think AD's missing playoff games. I don't think it's going to be specifically from this injury. Mm-hmm. It might be from like a, he needs a rest or something. Yeah. Uh, but if LeBron and Drummond are there with the the Schroeder and Montrezl and KCP, oh, they're nobody's beating them in the West. Fair, I agree. Unless Jokic. Unless Jokic does like what Murray did last year, was just make crazy shit all all playoffs. It's not happening. Right. <laughs> not happening. No. So you think Denver is their only threat? Yeah. Dallas is. I want to say Dallas, Dallas but they're not. Yeah, I was gonna say Dallas. Dallas got to make the playoffs and stay in the playoffs. But, uh, okay. I have nothing else to add. I think that is it for today. Yeah, Draymond, you trash for thinking you're the best defender of all time. Man. <laughs> Shannon and Skip both like gave a list of oh, yeah. 26 guys oh, yeah. better than Draymond. <laughs> that was funny. Dude, forget forget like the all-time. Marcus Smart's better. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Butler's better. Yeah. Uh... Hell, what's his name when he's awake? Who? I just it blanked. I don't know why. Hell, Covington oh, is better. Oh, uh, no, I won't say that. I won't go that far. Covington's like limited defender, so. Yeah. Coving- You're right when he's awake. Covington will look like he's locking up because of his length, and then all of a sudden... He looks like he's getting exposed, like the next play. But it's still better than what Draymond does sometimes. But I think I'd pick Draymond as a defender. It's close though. I'm not. I'm not mad at it. That's a close one. I had somebody else that I was thinking of, but I can't remember. Kyle Lowry's a better defender. Yeah, he is. Off the top of my head, I gave you three, and you're the best defender of all time, bro. Gave me three in the league right now. In in. You say that and then let a guy get 38? Couldn't be me. It, well, on the flip side, John Collins might have went for 38 just because he said that. So? <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm just saying. Bro, Ben Wallace was the best defender in the league for however many years. Never said it. They had the two best defenders in the league because Tayshaun Prince was a super Strap underrated it. defender. He was underrated. No one talks about him, but Tayshaun Prince was like, he would have been defensive player on the year on any other team. He he was sure. Bruce Bowen esque to me, as far as just how he was like, physical he was on people. And he was longer. Yes, I've seen him catch, like block people's stuff, catch shots out the air. He was the first person I saw, like cuff the cuff a block out the sky. Oh yeah, like it was just crazy. It, Two best defenders on the same team. And my thing but is... Yeah, oh, head and shoulders over Draymond both. All right, let's just say John Collins is great. He's he's not 38 points great, but he is great. Mm-hmm. You, you specifically in your statement or your comment, <laughs> you highlight at the end how like important rebounding is and how effective you are at it. Yeah. And I get two re- 27 minutes... Two rebounds. 
How many rebounds did Collins have? Double digits? I don't know. It was and I mean I know he had a good game rebounding still. Dude, what yeah, NBA player could go twenty seven minutes and not take a fucking shot? Tony Snell? Tony Snell's getting a shot off. Nah, I mean probably not. He could, I'm just saying. Like he could run around for that long. Oh yeah, he could, yeah. But yeah. besides that, I mean Alan Crab- no, no, Crab will get one off. <laughs> but Draymond, he is. Draymond, like, just, just shut up, bro. Please. Yeah. That was nonsense. I didn't. I didn't even really need to, you know, entertain that. Chris Paul's a better defender. We didn't even say him. He's on his way out. He's still a better defender. Um. He's yeah. not as consistent anymore, so I didn't want it. But, like, Marcus Smart is five inches shorter, and he does every – not maybe not five, maybe, like, three to four inches shorter. Yeah. And he does – like, he's literally a better version of Draymond defensively. He's just – Just small. Marcus Smart is smaller. He's nearly a flawless defender a lot of times, and he guards every position. In my opinion, he's – the. When I think best defender in the league, that's who comes to mind first. Oh, yeah, no question. Especially when you talk about versatility. I mean, yeah, you know, I argued for him to win Defensive Player of the Year on here multiple times. I think he deserves it. I have not seen a defender in the NBA better than Marcus Smart. I I haven't. Like, you know, we haven't really talked about this, but the Warriors have gone back to being really trash. Steph? No, 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 no. Before Steph got hurt, they were getting, like, just ran out the gym. They were. Um, a lot Oubre, of games. Oubre, you know, he auditioned for Space Jam again, and they took his powers again. He, like, all of a sudden, he started shooting good for, like, yeah. 12 games, and now it's gone. He's shooting, like, garbage again. And, I, I mean, I don't know what it is. And they're confident in it because I heard his name up in trade talks, but he is not there. Wiggins is taking a lot of bad shots, even though he's having good games. Steph, you know, messes left cheek bone up, whatever it was. Yeah, he he's hurt. So it's like, and seeing them has done nothing on offense. Exactly, seeing them without Steph, they're who's playing it? They're awful. And and Wiseman, they just can't get Wiseman to be consistent yet. They're like bringing I him mean, off the bench, dude. I, I don't know what they're doing with him, honestly. It's just like, bro, you. I'd rather them just trade him too. You're the best defensive player of all time, and you Steph is out, and you have no impact. Zero. You play him, dude. You're like the sixth on the team in minutes. Goose egg. He <laughs> doesn't even take a shot. Goose egg. And you already know my man was looking at the box score like, hey, I got nine assists. I don't need to shoot the ball. Rondo shoots the ball. <laughs> Trey Young shoots the ball. Oh, my Everybody God. who leads the NBA, Ben Simmons shoots the ball. So Marcus Smart came in strapping and shooting before he could shoot. Yeah, he was jacking, and he was not a good shooter in college at all. It took him years to prove that he's allowed to jack. Yep, but he was still letting him go. He didn't care. Yep. Anyway. All right, well, 
there you have it. NBA trade deadline talks. Uh, tournament is still going. Uh, UCLA won, right? I believe. Uh, I was glancing at the screen. Looks like it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll, probably our first reactions to all the trades that are available. Um, Elite Eight to Final Four. So, uh, we'll I'll, I'll watch uh, Godzilla vs. Kong comes out Wednesday. Oh, I'm right at it. Yeah, I'll be watching it too. Pretty quick. Yep. So we'll have a pack. We'll have plenty of music. Vic Mensa, Gallant, Gallant, whatever, however you say his name. We'll be talking about that next week too. So, um, anything else? Oh, buy our merch. We got merch available. Link in our bio. Yes, sir. No Clue Podcast, Instagram. Thank you guys for watching, listening as always. Subscribe, all that, all the YouTube stuff. Uh, you know how it is. The bell hit that too. Um, and we'll probably separate some of the, put the timestamps and separate some of the uh, sections too. So, people you want to see a specific section, it'll be there. Um. All right, that's it. You good? Yep. All right, till next time.